Episode 110. On tonight's episode, the manlings do not talk about the Nurgles and the Glutkin. Instead, they're doing their year-end wrap-up early. Apparently the fat one doesn't think anything else is coming out and they can just switch it around on you. And anyway, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do the best we can to inform, entertain, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you top three, bottom three, and everything in between, I'm Chris U. And I'm Clarence. And I'm George Bailey. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's a wonderful life. That's right. My favorite uh, movie of all classic, time. classic, classic movie. <laughs> it's, it's actually my favorite movie of all time. All time, really? All time. I know I'm, I, people think I'm insane. There, I know there are better movies out there, but that movie just, I, I watch it every holiday season. I know some people are sick of it. I literally watch that movie and it just gets onto my heartstrings. I get teary-eyed from the first person who says, Dear Lord, please help George Bailey. Uh-huh. And I'm crying throughout that movie up until the very end when he when the bells ring. I have one of those little Clarence Angel bells on my tree. Uh, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Zuzu's Petals. <laughs> Zuzu's Petals. Zuzu's Petals. You know, that's a good movie. I, I do. It is a holiday classic. I, I absolutely adore that film. It's just, it's like, it's, it's, it makes you feel so good by the end. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it does. It, yeah. yeah. So, do you prefer the, uh, the, the classic black and white or the updated colorized version oh i don't believe in colorized versions black and white yeah that's real film plus colorization takes away a lot of the depth of of color and tone in it it just it it doesn't it doesn't look natural no not a bit not a bit happy new year to you in jail (laughs) (laughs) i love that movie you but to you mr gower a a frustrated old man those people are cattle Dude, I've seen that movie a hundred times. I know like every line to that movie. I, yeah, I, I see it two or three times every year. You know? Do you remember? Now I don't know if like when I was growing up here, there was a couple of years like it had fallen out of copyright, and I remember one year at Christmas it was playing like oh, every, on all the networks. All the networks were playing it, but there was yeah. one point at Christmas where it was playing on every network at the same time. Mm-hmm. And this is before we had cable, so like that got to the point where I know my family was like, we hate this film. We can't get away from it. My wife has never actually watched it from start to finish, but she's seen it like oh. in its entirety, but never in from <laughs> That's start to finish. And she won't watch it because she's oh. seen it so many times. She's like, I hate that movie. And I'm just like, it is my favorite movie of all time. I just it makes you feel so good. It's so and it I does. love Jimmy Stewart. And it's just like every element of that movie is perfect. But I'm I'm rambling. I digress here. <laughs> well, maybe we'll throw out, you know, little references to that movie throughout this episode. Sure you never thing. know. You we'll never see. Know. 
So, uh, you know what? We should, uh, outside of thanking uh, the great Frank Capra for giving me my favorite <laughs> film of all time, we should probably also thank our sponsors. Yes, let's do that. So, thank you to Unique Gifts and Games, located in... Gray's Lake, Illinois. Mersha Miniatures. Mersha Miniatures. M-I-E-R-C-E. Miniatures. Mantic Games. Building bigger armies. And finally, lest we forget at the end of the year, <laughs> Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. Oh, and by the way, they are officially in. They are going to be sponsors. You will hear me say, Army, all through 2015. It's going to be a blessed year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was funny because their 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 sponsorship when we got them originally, it, was, it basically it, it always ends right around like the end of October, beginning of November, mm-hmm. when they're gearing up for um, the holidays, the holidays and the Black Friday and everything like that. So I'm always contacting Moromi at like the busiest time of year. So I'm like, Hi, why don't we just do an extra long one this year? And it'll yeah. go instead of going to end of October. Why don't we go to the end of the year? And then I can contact you in the new year. When you finished ah. all that nonsense, and he's like, "That's a good idea." So start fresh. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to be doing a garage gamer pretty soon, doing a little more Wild West Exodus, and having Romeo on to talk about all their new Battle Foam stuff, probably right after nice. the, right after the holidays. So very exciting stuff. Very nice Wild yep. West. You get you do some you know Western sound effects. Wow, <laughs> that was great horse. <laughs> oh, thanks. Anyway, all right. So uh, yeah, that's the sponsorships. Um, Excellent. Shoutouts? Yeah, we know we've gotten a bunch of really nice um, emails, um, a, a bunch of them. There's one I want to read, but I want to wait until we get to news and rumors because there's not mm-hmm. a ton of news and rumors, and it's kind of a long email, and I thought it might actually spark a little bit of, of discussion because it, it, it had to do with like sort of media outlets and things like that, so it might fall under news, I this guess. It doesn't sound like the run-of-the-mill, uh, you guys are doing a great job sort of email. This actually sounds like something to... It's a little of both. It was a, you're doing a great job email, and hey, would you mind reading this? So <laughs> I'm intrigued. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we got that coming up, but we did get several other great. You're doing great jobs. We did get an email, and I, and I accidentally hit the delete, and then I I screwed oh. something up. But it was actually Uh-oh. just someone just wanting to know, and we get this a lot. So I'm just going. They want to know what the theme song is that we use on the show. That's just, that's hey bahu bahaba. Yeah, the, the song Obviously. is called Old Man on the Bridge. Uh, by King Kong, uh, and it's off King of the, Kong. King okay. Kong, uh, off of the album of the same name. The album is called "Old Man on the Bridge" <coughs> by King Kong. It is the title track. Yes, mm. that's the Heba Heba Hoba Huba Haba song. But enough of that nonsense, because we got voicemail. Yes, voicemail. If someone wanted to leave a voicemail, how could they do that? Uh, you can call our phone number. It's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Dave, what about international callers? Oh, oh, I'm glad you asked. International callers, uh, most countries, 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. You can call now. Um, we love getting voicemails. In fact, um, people apparently are starting to get more and more into sending them. Um, we have like a bajillion this week. A, a bajillion. Not, uh, not a literal them- bajillion. Okay. One of them. Guess what, folks? It's a Google Voice. Oh, Google Voice is back. We're having a Google Voice one because this one is just, oh, my goodness. So, But we've got several. Um not only does the Jake off continue, mm-hmm. but other people, like the the friends of the Jakes, 
are joining well, the circle. It's a virus that's spreading. Yeah, so it's now the, the circle is growing larger. It's turning into a circle, Jake. All right, here we go with the first of the voicemails. Uh, whoop and boop. Hey, this is Rocky from St. Louis. Jake from California, I hear you're picking on my Jake in St. Louis. I call you out for a grudge match. After Jake's done with you, I'll take the second. There's the first of the voices. I know. Now, and then, so Rocky calls back. This is Rocky from St. Louis again. My phone's working properly this time, I assure you. But Jake from California, if you grudge Jake from St. Louis, you grudge all of us in St. Louis. So we'll get lined to put a stomp, stomping on <laughs> And yes, I have plenty of stomp and thunder stomp for whatever it is that you play. It's a deal. Anyway, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Chris, for everything that you do for us. I appreciate it. And don't fail your words. So they're, they're throwing down at this point. It's, it's, a, it's turning into a rumble. It is. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette till your last dying day. Leave a little West Side Story in there for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm snapping my fingers and I have a pack of cigarettes in my sleeve. <laughs> if I had I, longer hair, I've I, never seen. Oh, oh, you're lucky. I say be thankful. God, I can't stand West Side Story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate. Okay, they took a tragedy. And turned it into a musical. It's like, you know, people are dying and we're all singing. I just, oh, oh, I can't stand West Side Story. And my wife loves it. I remember we were dating. I had to take her to go see it live. I'm sitting there like, oh, you're lucky. I love you. Let's see. Here's the next uh, voicemail. This one, is, I don't think this has anything to do with the Jakes. This is, this is just, a, they like the show. So here we go. Hi, this is Tim from Cincinnati. Actually, technically now Dayton. Anyway, I got into the hobby not too long ago kind of fresh into it, Star 40K, and recently moved over to Fantasy, and i got to say, I love Fantasy more. It, I've completely abandoned 40K just about, until they get their act together anyway. And you guys have been a big reason I've enjoyed being in the hobby so much. I love hearing your reviews. I love that you guys touch on the fluff part of it. That's why I came to the hobby. That's why I'll stay. And it's kind of like a light in the darkness, given that all the hate I hear about how the game's not how it should be or that GW's ruining it. I don't know what they're talking about. I haven't been here that long, but I like it. I like what you guys are doing, so keep up the good work. By the way, I play Warriors of Chaos and Empire. Thanks for everything, guys. There we go. Nice. Another one converted from 40K over to Fantasy. Yep, absolutely. And I love hearing that. So, okay. All right, here, where's this one coming from? This is uh, this is Tim from Dayton, again. Hi, it's Tim from Dayton again. I just listened to your guys' most recent podcast, and it sounds like you guys wanted to know how I heard about the show. Well, I was listening to the Bad Dice podcast originally. I heard it was the best, so that's why I started with them when I was getting into the hobby. And then I heard something interesting in one of the episodes. I think they were reviewing vampire counts. And they said something about how they weren't going to touch on the Coven Throne, which I actually thought was a really cool model. And it sounded like he was being sarcastic and saying that if I wanted to hear about it, I should go listen to Garage Hammer and hear David Whitek talk about it. So that's what I did, and I've been listening ever since. Thanks. 
That's amazing. Not only is the Coven Throne awesome, it gets us new listeners. I'm just, yeah, right. I'm just saying. <laughs> Love that Coven Throne. Speaking of which, later on, I pulled that Coven Throne out. You do? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it's, it. It's raising the listeners like it's raises undead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got one more uh, short one here. And then, um, oh, wait. No, this is. This is someone, we had a couple of players last time that had called in and, you know, our listeners who called in and were like, oh, they said they heard about the show. We said, I wonder where. Mm-hmm. And so then we're getting all these calls back. Oh, just wonder where. There's another one of those where they heard about mm-hmm. us coming in. Yeah, Garage Hammer, this is Chad again from Minnesota. Um, yeah, I heard you guys wanting to know how I found out about the podcast. Um, actually, I, though I hadn't played fantasy in a long time, I was still a 40K player, and uh, on um, independent characters, they were talking about your reviews of the Horus Heresy books. So that was what, what drew me into uh, the podcast. And I just started really liking a lot of the talk, and especially when the end time stuff started coming out, it was sounding really interesting. So I took the plunge. Anyway, just thought I'd add that for you. Thanks again for the show. Love you guys. Take it easy. Just feeling the love. Can't help it. Yeah, the Garage Hammer Media Empire. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, now, last one. I know listeners are like, God, bless America. Who cares who's calling you? I know this is just stroking our own egos. This is actually Nickel called in. Oh, okay. And um, this is going to be the Google Voice. Uh Uh-oh. Um, but um, is he sober? I guess we'll find out. I think so. Um, there are some Glotkin spoilers in his voicemail. If you haven't heard, if you haven't read it yet, or you're waiting for us, there's some Glotkin spoilers. But here, here's Nickel calling in again. Garage Hammer, what's up? This is Nickel. Uh, wanted to give you a call. Uh, I know you guys are working on your Glotkin review right now. Uh, I appreciate you guys going over the fluff. It's always great. I'm loving these stories and these books. Uh, speaking of the books, uh, I just got done with Fall of All Doors. I wanted to check in with you guys, if you guys were reading the uh, novels that go along with these stories. Uh, this one was quite pretty interesting because there's a lot different than the fluff book from the Glockin. Um, not sure if I want to. If you guys want to do any spoilers, you may have to cut this out. But spoiler alert! Um, it's really interesting to me with Fall of Altdorf that uh, the Glockin were basically just wiped out when Sigmar turned into the Holy Host. And, or, I mean, when Carl Franz turned into the Holy Host, they're just kind of burned away. Whereas in the Glock King Fluff, which is sweet, they, like, Carl Franz just came after him, took out Gert, took out Otto, and then Ethrock cast that spell to whisk them away. I don't know why the differences there is. And then somebody else noted this, and it's in the book, Gut Rock. Boom is called Autus Brian throughout the whole book. And you're like, who is this guy if you've read the first one um, and vice versa? But uh, anyway, kind of interesting. I'm not sure why that is or why the fluff was different or if maybe just from a different perspective. But uh really like what you guys are doing and just thought I'd throw that in there in case you guys want to talk about that from the fall of Altdorf. So keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Good well, message. Very clicky, kind of hard to hear. I apologize for the difficulties on that one, but um, well, uh, yeah, I think you get the gist of it. So, in your opinion, what takes precedence—the fl- fluff in these books or the novels? 
Oh, what's considered canon? Jeez, I don't know. The, you know, here's the thing. The books don't cover everything that's in the... The novel doesn't cover everything that's in the book, but the sections it does cover it goes into more detail. So I would think yeah. they're kind of similar. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, different. I will have to ask Greg when he does the next Black Library weekend. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to ask Chris Tomlin that same thing. Yeah. Put him on, yeah. on the hot seat. Put him on the hot seat, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we need to do the uh, uh, Would You Rather game with him as well. We're going to have the Would You Oh, now he's going to hear this and he's going to know what's coming. But he'll never know what we're going to ask. But well, would you rather him? Definitely. Well, it'll be a test. If he indeed listens to this, then we'll know he listens to our show. If not. If he's ready for would you rather, then, right. then we no, know he no. listens. He's a fan. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's Google Voice time. Dun, dun, dun. Rajiv, or what's up, this vehicle, I want to give you a call. I think I'm at work. I did go. I can review right now. I appreciate you guys going over the office on Graham Glossy Stories, these books. I have to get the books. I just got follow-up also. I want to check in with you guys. Take just a reading the not-look-like-a-long-story. The Summer Slim, pretty interesting, to there's a lot different than the well. From the clock in, not sure about what she does wonders, or if you have to cut this out, but... What I hey, interesting to me, and for the form of the net, the so I can, we're basically wiped out with the take mark turned into the both of those. And or, you can call for answer to the logos. They're just got a right away. Brad, the clock you slop, the street, the, I for offering, 15, after of took outskirts of Colorado. I have track. Yes, that's about to do with them away. I don't know what a difference is there is a form that also did this. Hey, it's in the book. Dot Robinson. Well, missed calls. I was just by traffic book. Figured I'd. We decided to print the first one and vice versa. But anyway, hey, say I'm not sure what that is or what. It's awful different. Number four. When you get this from a different perspective, but really like what you guys are doing and respect of that, in there's in case you guys want to talk about that from the fault or so. Hey, what's your work? Talk to your later. That's what Nichols said apparently just now. Well, it's it's crystal clear. It's almost verbatim <laughs> I, for his voicemail. I'm going to call Google Voice. I'm going to call the voicemail and read that. And see what it prints up as the text. I wonder if it actually prints up what Nickel says. Yeah. I would yeah. <laughs> be willing to bet that it did not. But that would be an interesting experiment. Oh, that's just, that's insane. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what happens when you rely on technology. Yeah. To facilitate communication. I, I guess. Oh, so that's been too long. We need to take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, we've got news and rumors uh, going into um, Toolbox. So we'll be back. Sounds like a plan. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? 
Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut, designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. In jail! Go on home, they're waiting for you! And we're back, talking some news and rumors brought to you by... The Circle City Circus! Uh, yeah, this one just bubbled up late last night via Twitter. I'm sure you saw it too. Uh, the next End Times book is going to be The Skaven. Yes. Due out in January. January yeah. 2nd. Pre-order uh, comes up January 2nd. So, January 2nd, sometime around lunchtime, you have about three minutes to order your book. I wonder what armies that's going to entail. Skaven, I'm guessing orcs and goblins, maybe ogres. I'm 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 excited to see where they go because this, so far the first three books have been obvious. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like the undead, they just put back the undead. Chaos, they just put back chaos. You know, mm. like the way it was. Elves, they just pull together all the elves. Now you got all these other. I mean, the only other kind of obvious one is empire brets and dwarfs. Right, and then you've got everybody else who kind of defied necessarily being put into a group. Mm. Well, typically the the Skaven have you know in the past they've manipulated the orcs and goblins to kind of become allies, expendable allies. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. And Skarsnik of the goblins has done the same thing of the Skaven, so I could see some interplay there. Yeah, 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 dude. That would be, especially you get head taker in there too. Mm. Because he's a maniac. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that how things turn out there. And who's, who knows what they're going to do with the rules? Like you know that you know the rule book. Every every iteration of the rule book, it's just like it's, things are spinning more and more out of control. Mm. You know, from a fluff perspective, the last time we read about the Skaven, didn't the um, the horned rat actually physically manifest himself at, at their, the council's table? Yep he he wiped out the uh, elder Gracier. And then disappeared and basically said, get the ball rolling, and now stuff's happening. So that that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's pretty exciting. I want to see if Thankwell gets that seat, too. Mm. Because, I mean, Gracier Thankwell, he's the one really well-known Gracier, you know, that's always mm-hmm. scheming for that seat. And that guy was constantly threatening to kill him because he knows right. Thankwell is close to getting the job. That's interesting to see what, how that what happens there. That's so. Looking forward to it. And, yeah, they're coming up Fast and Furious again, yet, yet again, January 2nd, right around the corner. Yeah. Probably be, I, I hear there's a fifth book rumored to come out even after this one. Well, yeah. I mean, they've got to have a book where Archeon eventually has to show up. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if this is – I'm guessing this next book is focusing on all the other stuff that's going on outside of this main conflict between Chaos and the, the – Empire. The, yeah, and you know. the forces of man and the forces of the undead. I mean, geez, we're just going to have Glodkin out, and we're going to put that out on the 25th, and like two weeks later, the fifth book's, or the fourth book's right. coming out. And we still have Kane to cover in between there. 
Yeah, I'm glad we're not rushing it. I'm glad we're just, you know, getting it read and soaking it in and not worrying about that because, dude, I, gotta well, read, I still got to read Kate. It, it yeah. is a lot of reading and, to, you know, to take notes and to do the show justice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, quite a bit of work. And Tomlin's already booked for, for Kane. Well, He's like, I want in. Well, okay. <laughs> Heck, I got, oh, you know what? Hey, shout out again to Chris Tomlin if he listens. Um, that Nagash episode that he was on is mm-hmm. the most downloaded show we've ever had. Oh, nice. It's getting actually, it's just, it's, we're, I mean, every day I, get, I see the updates from the numbers, and mm-hmm. we're getting close to hitting like five figures on that episode. Oh, geez. That's yeah. great. Good yeah. to hear. I mean, that's pretty cool for us, you know. Um, it passed up the, the, the former longtime holder, the Ben Curry Dark Elf episode. Uh-huh. So. Heading into new territory then. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know. Tomlin did a good job, and Nagash was really good, and so mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Glotkin does. So that's about it, really, for news and rumors. Um, but I did get this email that I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. So we'll let's, let's do that. this real quick. Uh, it's from a guy named Dennis Krantz. Uh, I'm gonna read it. Hello, my name is Dennis Krantz, and I hail from Norska. I mean Sweden. I have a concern that I want to voice with you, and I hope you can find time to read this letter and Uh maybe discuss it uh, with your fellow gamers or podcasters. So my concern is about army discrimination in Warhammer. You see, like you, I'm a dwarf player at heart. I love the looks, the play style, like waves breaking against a mountain, and the fluff. However, playing my dwarfs fills me with a sense of guilt or a foreboding sense of drama. And here's his example. As a dwarf player, I find it hard to find opponents willing to play against me. Numerous times I'm reduced to watch other people playing at club night because of my army choice. My opponents don't want to face a, quote, gunline army with their elves. More than half the players play some kind of elf army in my gaming club. Even though my club list is roughly a block of longbeards with strollas, a block of slayers with strollas, a couple units of miners, a block of hammers with strollas, and strollas is the vanguarding uh, mm-hmm. rune. One cannon, one organ gun, and two units of eight rangers. So, you know, by his count, that's not a lot of shots being taken. Uh, Give or take any eventual gyrocopters he works into the list. Mm -hmm. Uh, The complaints of my army being static also isn't true, yet I still suffer from this stigma, this label that comes with an army of my choice. Even if my opponent's army has dwarfs in his front flanks and back by turn two, I'm still said that I'm a slow army. Uh, why just the other week an opponent declined to pick up game on the basis that dwarves are just a gunline army, yet then he played a wood elf army that had six units of 12 core archers with true flight that just backed away the whole game and took off his entire empire army by turn four. The comment after the game was, wow, wood elves are good, I should get some. (laughs) So I had some discussion with a couple of my friends as to why some armies are scorned and others are universally praised. In that group discussion, there was about five people, and all of them mentioned podcasts had influenced their opinions about armies and Warhammer. People like Ben Curry from Bad Dice, Dan Heelan from Heelanhammer, and Chris Yu were mentioned as the source of their opinions. Ouch. Whether it was dwarfs are boring or warriors require no skill. Oh, man. (laughs) Surely, if it's all good old-fashioned trash talk amongst friendly gamers, I said, you know, uh, but then I started to think if Warhammer podcasts actually have that kind of power over people's opinions. There's a saying, if you tell someone they're worthless long enough, they'll start to believe you. I think that's finally starting to happen to me. I know your co-host, Chris, and his derf, and he put D-R-F hate, (laughs) is probably just friendly teasing. Perhaps it's even his own genuine opinion on the matter. But with so many people listening, it takes a few people who 
spread their dislike for an army as a mantra and eventually could shape public opinion. Should podcasts take a more positive tone despite their personal dislikes, or would that feel like the sort of Damocles above their head making them weigh every word they say? I honestly don't know. And it's just not the outright dislike for dwarfs I'm concerned about. It's the fact that we tend to be forgotten, like when Heel and Hammer talked about countering Warriors of Chaos in the two latest podcasts. Magic and shooting was thrown out a lot. Well, my army can only do one of those things, and usually it gets restricted in some way, uh, either by comp or just for me to get a game, self-comp. We don't have magic. We don't have fast-moving shooting or combat. I'm supposed to get my Movement 3 Slayer character to run in circles trying to catch chimeras or dragons in the hope that I catch one and kill it before Thunder stumps me? It feels like a battle I can't win. I have to comp myself in order to appease my opponent enough to get in a game. Now an argument can be made that you're responsible for your own fun, but no matter how much I love my army, I can't have fun when I look across the table and see my opponent sigh or look distracted by things he would rather do. Because of this, I've taken up other armies. I have my first army, a Warriors of Chaos Force, with models from the early 90s. I have a Vampire Counts army, a Tomb Kings army, and an Orc and Goblin army. With any of the other armies, I can always get a pickup game at the club, no matter the list I bring. It just stings a bit to go to the cabinet, look at my army for the evening, and I pull out my Tomb Kings and glance over to see the dust that has settled over my beloved dwarfs. Anyway, this letter's going on long enough, but I'd appreciate it if you could take the time to respond or maybe even bring it up uh, on an episode. I will end off with the mandatory brown-nosing by saying I love your podcast. Consider it the most professional one, along with Heel and Hammer. Gotta say, you should bring back Google Translate for voicemail. And I came, yo. Keep up the good work. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So. What was his name name again? His name was Dennis Krantz. Dennis. Okay. Well, thank you, Dennis. That was a very heartfelt, well-written email. And you bring up a lot of interesting issues. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because, I mean, and I, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, I don't think, I, I've never really thought that our show or any of these shows would influence people's opinion of an army that much. But, I mean, his gaming group actually said that shows well, like... Well, if, if they're putting me in the same group of people, you know, with, with as, as Ben and Dan Heelan, and not for a positive thing, for a negative thing, for... Influencing people to not like an army, not like playing a particular army. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take some onus of that. I didn't think that that would have, you know, my my joking as such would have such an effect. Well, you said last night to me because we were actually joking around about not last night, Friday night. We were playing a game. Yeah, and I had said how I got this letter and people didn't want to play as dwarves. And as you put it, you love playing against dwarves because killing dwarves is the most fun of killing any, against any army. It is. That's that's <laughs> how I think about it. It is. Very satisfying to kill models and crush, you know, a dwarf lord. You know, it's an Arachnorok poison surge to kill a dwarf lord, yep. which I, I think I did to you one time. That yes, is very did. satisfying. And that's, or, how, that's or, what I would say. Or drop a rock on a BSB who fails his ward save. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if I were able to talk to Dennis's friends or anyone who is adamant against playing dwarves, um, Durfs. <laughs> I, I would say, you know, take heart in the fact that you get to kill them and, and look at it as a challenge. Yeah, they may be, they only may have certain play styles and they're limited, but if you can leverage that and tilt the odds in your favor, you know, that could make for a, a fun and challenging experience. I have never really, well, I think early on in my co host of this show, yeah, I stated that early, you know when I started playing Warhammer, I had some games against uh, dwarves that were that I felt were not enjoyable. Um, but I did go through the paces and eventually 
won a handful of those games. And those games were very memorable because it was kind of an uphill battle. And dwarves, as much as I dislike them, there's kind of a grudging respect for them because they're they're just hard to move. You know, they're like unbreakable. They're stubborn. They have high leadership, uh, good shooting, and the rest of it. And yeah, they're not a fun army to play against because they are so tough. Well, that's part of what we said is that, that those wins are really great when you get them because it, they're satisfying. It, it's you a tough it. nut to crack. Yeah, and you know what? I've done. I'm guilty of the same thing though. I mean, dude, remember when that ogre book came out and I just kept losing? I kept getting. Mm. St- Stomped by ogres. I mean, to the point where you would mention ogres and be like, I hate that army. I hate that army. <laughs> There's just, oh, they're so unfair. It's just push it forward. It's just, no. I mean, I was so anti ogre for the beginning. I still, when I see him across the table, I'm like, oh, no, because I always have trouble dealing with them. But I tell you what, when I win against them, it's like, whoo, yeah, that earned that one. That's, That's quite know. an accomplishment. I, you know, I don't know what I would say to Dennis's. Group. I mean, it's unfortunate that if he shows up for a pickup game with his uh, dwarves and no one wants to play that army, that's kind of unfortunate. And the thing is, if he at first when I read this, and I'll be honest, I mean, I don't know Dennis. I mean, he sounds like a nice guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays dwarves. He's got to be okay. But you know, he's sitting there going, "No one wants to play with me," and I'm like, "Okay, I really hope it's his army choice because you never know. He could be that guy." Well, it's got to be. He, it sounds like if he chooses any other army, that, that, that's the thing. Because I can get a game with any other army with any other list. Um, dude, the only reason I even brought this up on the show as opposed to just e- emailing him back with like, yeah, you're right, yeah, is because um, you and I have had this discussion several times. It's like, you know, there is I, – I think there really is this sort of weird sort of real hatred of dwarfs. And I don't know if it's from the tournament scene where if you want to take it competitive, you're on that baseline, gun line, in a corner, castling up, you know, forcing people to crack a really hard nut. You know, and maybe that's where it comes from. Um, but there does seem to be a lot of people just like, oh, I hate your army. You know, and it's like, and I look at it and go, we have no magic. We're not that fast. We're decent in combat, but we don't have a lot of models. I mean, the only thing we have that's really spectacular is our war machines. And they're only good for the first half of the game because by that time, your units are engaged in combat. If if your units are intact enough to get into combat, but... I, I, so. I think a lot of it is sixth edition or earlier hangover. Back in the day when they sh- they eliminated the enemy magic phase, it just went away. Oh, the the yeah, shooting yeah. was really good in those days where you scored half points or points for killing half a unit. Well, see so that, that, yeah, dude, I I missed that a little bit with the because uh, you could just then ballistic skill shooting was worthwhile. It meant man. a lot more, yeah, yeah, because I don't even take a lot of shooting anymore because like it never eliminates. Enough, but when you only got to eliminate half, they're always good to pick off those last couple of models that get you to mm-hmm. half. And also, you used to be able to take, dude. I would every game I had a half a dozen dispel runes. Like I would just that's, that's what I'm talking about. I think Warhammer players have a, a good long memory, so they remember <laughs> those dark days being under the the heel of an oppressive dwarf player. Yeah, <laughs> we do not eliminate the magic phase nearly as well as we used to. We just not we just don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people get hung up, but people still, I still see it all the time. Um, I'm, I'm, I see at this point, I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you don't like my army. I get it. I still love it. I'm painting it. I'm playing it. I don't care. The other thing that occurs to me is maybe Dennis is so good with his dwarves 
and that's sort of his his competitive army. That maybe because of that, no one wants to play him. That could be that too. I don't know. It could be that because you know the dwarves are awesome, and you know you get a good player behind him, you just they're going to smash face. But I, I always laugh. I do no, I do laugh because a lot of people are like, oh dwarves, oh dwarves, oh dwarves, and I'm like, really? If they're that bad, if they're that awesome, I mean, someone did send me an email and uh, that they're at the local tur- the dwarves won a tournament a tournament by them. Mm-hmm. Oh, a dude from Poland. It was a dude from oh, Poland okay. too. Yeah, I, in fact, I remember. Yeah, it was the Ooh, Poland's was, pretty competitive scene, from what I understand. Yeah, and he was saying, and I was like, "Hey, I'm from Poland too," um, but uh, yeah, here it is. There it is. Do-do-do. It was one of these. So you guys, you can actually converse with him in Polish. No, no, my family laughs at me when I try to speak Polish. I don't. <laughs> I don't speak. I mean, I haven't spoken any fluent Polish since I was like five. So. Yeah, I, I try to speak Polish, and my parents laugh and call me Tarzan of the Polacks. Can, can you give us a little Polish? No. None at all? Oh, hello, okay. how are you? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, Dzień dobry, that's like, hello, and then I can say, Jak się masz, dupajasz, which means, how you doing, a-hole, but... Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, but enough. recent masters in 1600-point uh, no-lord comp, recent master Dwarf Army won the event. Interesting. No. Very cool. So yeah, I was all I thought that was awesome. So um, yeah, he's like he goes. Did you know your first your last name is a first name used in Poland in Vitek or Vitold, uh, which is which is his first name Vitek. So my oh. last name is his first name, and uh, I was like, I know that's it because I'm from there. So if someone from his family married someone from yours, they could conceivably be named Vitek Vitek. They could be Vitek Vitek. Which that would kind of be awesome in my or VTech squared, yeah, V two, like NW two, V two. So there you go. <laughs> All right, but uh, that's I, like I said. I just I wanted to read it. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, Chris, and be like, "Hey, you, 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 well, you no, know. you didn't." Uh, but, I, uh, I, it sounds like I put myself on the spot by by disseminating my opinion, you know, on the airwaves like that. Well, I mean, we all do that. I mean, it was just, I mean, I, I think it, part of it is whenever we talk, I bring up dwarfs a lot because they're my army and I've been painting them and, and you, you constantly you tease about them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I think most of that's teasing. You've never actually said to me, listen, I don't want to play against your dwarfs. No, no, I would, no. I would never not play a game because of, you know, the army, army yeah, choice. Exactly. There have been a few times you're like, well, I'm not taking my orcs and goblins if you're bringing that VC army over again. But uh, no, that, well, yeah, if some of, if it's a bad matchup, I'll prefer not to play it if I don't right. have to, but. Well, I mean, but that was, I mean, you know, hey, what do you bring? Are you bringing your VC? Yeah, because if you are, right. I just, I'm going to take my, my high elves or something. Because, mm-hmm. and that's fair. I mean, if you know that it's a bad matchup and we're going to spend an entire evening playing, then uh, yeah, that's, know, that's why would you I'm set saying. yourself up for that? You know? Right. So I totally get that. But uh, that is. Well, interesting. That. well, if Dennis would be so kind as to email us back and kind of give us an update, I'd be curious to see, to hear how that situation develops. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, Dennis, right back. Again, so all right, there we go. Um, let's jump into uh, let's jump into the. Uh, you want to jump the into the toolbox? You want to take toolbox? a quick break? Sure. It's been another twenty minutes. You want to <clears> just <throat> take a quick break? Sure, let's take a quick break. All right, we'll be right back. That's David. This is Chris. Rosh Hammer. Good face. I like it. I like George Bailey. 
That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. He began to dance around. Your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What the... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Doo-doo pedal. Doo-doo. There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Protecting your back. Sorry. If you couldn't tell, we are back. <laughs> Talking some toolbox brought to you by So uh what have you been doing? You, have you you've been you've been doing your notes on Glotkin, haven't you? I have. I'm I'm still plugging away on the final chapter of Glotkin. Yeah, I've got those done. Uh, I'm flipping through Kane, and okay, since you're the elf player, and we're taking t- and we're and we're taking turns on chapter notes, I'll let you pick the chapters. Oh wow! You know, but I'm saying, well, if we're going to split them up, we, we you have two options: you can pick your favorites, or you can pick the shortest. So. That- because <laughs> I know I know your love of taking copious uh, book right, story right. My notes. Shortest may be my favorites. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> How go. many chapters are there? Uh, I think it's four again. I think I'm okay. fairly certain it's four. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take a look and I'll let you know. But uh, yeah. you haven't started reading that quite yet, have you? All I've read, there's like about two or three pages before chapter one starts, sort of giving you the lowdown of uh-huh. what's going on and who's where. Even that's good. Yeah, the little snippets I've read are very compelling. Yeah, I'm I am stupid amounts of excited for this for this particular book. R- rules rules be damned. I don't even care about the rules right now. The fluff is really getting good. And uh, yeah. it's it's yeah. quite exciting, so I tend to agree. Yeah. Cuz most of these rules it looks like outside of the army list, it looks like most people are just like, "Eh, let's toss these rules right outside the window unless we're playing it, a, it's, a pickup it's game." It's too I think it's a little over the top. Yeah, I think we agree Some of these on things, that. Yeah. Um, if, if we saw tournaments basically saying no end times magic rules, no arcane fulcrums, mm-hmm. uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I did yeah, same here. One well, thing is, if you spent money and went out of town to turn a tournament, and your your first game or a couple games are over in twenty thirty minutes. Is that money well spent? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And my other point is, you know, when you're on a time limit, do you really want to be playing in a magic phase against a guy who's got a lore master of Hoth, who has literally uh, 72 spells to pick from? Uh, that doesn't bother me as much because I think a, a good, experienced tournament player will know right away what, what spells to, to exploit. And if not? And I'm uh, sitting there I'm watching just saying someone page the, the through 72. I'm, I'm looking at worst-case scenario here. Mm. You know, I'm just looking at it going, oh, really? I don't... I don't. You know, yeah, a, a that, good player is going to look at what's against the table, say, I need these four or five spells and I can spam the heck out of them. Mm. You know, but oh, I just. But yeah, you're right. You're, there will be a player. I'd be like, well, I don't know what to do, and it's, yeah, it's <laughs> well, an hour long. great, right? So, 
Exactly. So what are you going to do? Oh, well. All right. Um, yeah, so I've, I'm I'm starting Kane, but I'm finishing up Battle for the Abyss for after Eleanor. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Don't ever read this book. Why? Is it that bad? It's, okay. I, the first time I read it, I was so in love with Horace Heresy stuff. I was just reading all the books, and I had no idea what the fluff was like. So everything was new and exciting, and I kind of enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading it now, and it's just... Also, it's every character is a stereotype in the story. It's, <laughs> you sound like a uh, oh. a kid who had a who has a new girlfriend that was all like exciting and new at the beginning, and now you're just sick of her. Uh, the thing is, I really enjoy, and I want to get to the next book. I know the next book's good. I just, I'm not. In, it's like, and okay, remember when we were reading uh, Nagash and the the section with all the the naval battles? Mm-hmm. This is all space battles with the ships. The naval, basically, it's the same thing. It's naval okay, battles. Right. Right, and it's just all these, lo- and then the torpedoes going, and then the hull breaks, and then the- it's just like all blah blah blah. blah. Th- that doesn't appeal to you? Oh, dude, it's just kind of long and tedious and repetitive. And then the bad guy, literally, he needs a twirly mustache so he can curl it when he's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I digress. It's just it is. It's kind of painful. I'm just. I, it's the first time that I'm going back and reading one of these, going. Oh, dear Lord. Like, seriously, we haven't put out an, a, an episode for a new book since, like, the end of summer. Because, and oh, it's take, And neither Greg – I mean, Greg's reading other stuff. I'm taking right, – I'm like right. – every any other book that comes in the way, it's like, oh, I got to read this first. Right. So, but, well, for David and Greg's glowing review of, for, of Battle of the Abyss, <laughs> uh, after Eleanor – it may not be glowing, but it will be honest and it will be interesting. It may or be glowing be from, the, from the radiation from all those torpedoes going off. No, no kidding. Anyway. Uh, so that's it for the reading. Mm. Um, unless you count Audible, in which case I've been doing, you know, f- I finishing off all my Larry Correa books, the uh, Dead Six books, and uh, Harrison just started reading Interview with a Vampire, so I got my oh, extra credit right. and I downloaded that. I haven't read that book in like 25 years. And, I've never read it. Oh, I love it. I haven't read it in so, I mean, I, no, it's been about, yeah, it's been like 20 years since I read it. And so I downloaded the book for Harrison, and since it was sitting there and I had nothing to listen to, I started listening to it, and I totally got wrapped up. I forgot how good that was. We should make a new segment. That's the listening segment. The listening segment. I listen to this book. Mm-hmm. This is good. I like it. So I guess let's just move along then. Let's keep okay. chugging along. Uh, your hobby. Hobby. Uh, working on my Demons of Slanesh, uh, and they are all magnetized. That's uh, awesome. I'm just waiting for the um, my Keeper of Secrets model that the that – Sort of, we call her the boob lady from the Mercia miniatures. That's, I guess, in transit. Uralia, queen of Caris. Yes, but uh, yes, she's in. Uh, it says it was dispatched uh, Royal International Airmail on December fifth. Nice. So I am very excited to see when that comes in. And hey, thanks to the guys, thanks to Tim and the guys at, at Mercia Miniatures because. Uh, you got a couple of things that you've picked up. I've picked mm-hmm. up a couple of really cool models, um, but they've also we've got um, we've got the start the quick start rule books coming. And so, yeah, so we're going to play a couple of games and feature that on Garage Gamer. Yes, you'll be on a Garage Gamer for Ooh. finally. But yeah, so we got a couple of, of small uh, starter little you know sets to uh, to get things rolling and get that. And then Tim's going to come on too. Oh, cool. So yeah, once once we get the games in, and we want to bring up the Garage Gamer, he's going to come on because they're doing. They got another. Uh, they got more uh, Kickstarter stuff going too. So we're going to get that. Get those games in and have him in. So it's I'm excited. Very cool. 
Very cool. Yeah, so uh, still working on the the Slanish demons. Um, I'm really enjoying the, the the Hordes Legion of Everblight models for my Slanish army. Uh, there, a couple of models that I used for heralds are something called spell martyrs. They're these guys that like their chest is bursting open and they're kind of their arms are kind of almost like a crucifixion type pose. Okay, and they're kind of floating in the air. Have it's I really dynamic. I don't know if I've seen those models. I'll show them to you next time I'm over. It's a really dynamic, dramatic type of pose. Cool. So I'm going to use those for heralds. And for my BSB, I might use the same model but have like a spirit host or something bursting from that chest. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you got the heralds and then the one got the big spirit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, Very so cool. We'll see how that turns out. Otherwise, um, oh, work down way, my mm. – If you're going to pick up some spirit hosts and you obviously don't need three sets of spirit hosts for one model, if you have the other two, I'll I'll go in on a box with you. Um, maybe the, the, I think the box that I have, usually there are three to a base. Right. And it, it does it come with. Well, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, each one, there's like, you know, there's, they, they, there's very specific parts. They have to be built a very specific way. But if you take the parts to put together one, if you've, I'm just saying, if you have the other two bases worth left mm-hmm. and you're not using them, I'll, 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 I'll give you the money for them. That way you don't go to oh, they're, they're, they were, they've all been used. They're oh, all wow. just, you know, individual ones put on 20 mil squares. Oh, So I have cool. like eight or ten of them. Oh, nice. So what are you using those for then? Oh, those will be the um, the Furies. Oh, cool. Yeah, the Chaos Furies. Oh, nice. I didn't. Oh, that's right. I, that's right. You did show me the picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, then forget it then. <laughs> no, that's okay. I appreciate the offer. Um, and then lastly, working on the um, the Fiends. Uh, still using those uh, legions, uh, hordes, legions of Everblight models, and there's a, a, a number of different models that I've used for my fiends. Whether it's uh, the Carnivian, and there's a Terra Four beast in there. They're very kind of snake-like and, and dragon-like, right? To match that archangel. So those are all. I had to strip those, pull them apart, and then put them back together. And I hate that part. Stripping models of paint is the worst. Yes. Well, I bought that simple green. I just throw them in there for a couple of two, three days, and then a toothbrush gets most everything off. That's exactly what I did, but you you never get – you have to – I take an X-Acto knife after that and have to pick out all the little nooks and crannies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because the simple green, although it's good, it doesn't get every last bit out. I see what you're saying. Yeah, if I get that, I just throw them back in. Like I get the 95% off, I throw them back in, and usually you've dug down to that bit. It'll get it to it. Or yeah. you could just take an exacto knife and scrape them. Ugh. Yeah, I feel like a dentist like, picking away <laughs> at the plaque. You'll be a dentist. <laughs> you have a habit for causing things pain. <laughs> to get what's that from? To get the reference? No, I think I missed that movie. Oh, Little Shop of Horrors. Well, that was gonna be my first guess. Honestly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you would have got it. See, you should. Well, guess. one of the movie has a dentist that sings. Well, there you go. That's why I said. Did you know it? <laughs> right. Let's go with your instincts, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it for my hobby. How about you? I've been doing actually. You know, for, for as little as I've gotten done, I've been doing quite a lot. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've actually I picked up. I have a second uh, a great unclean one. The little the little tiny great unclean one. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking at online. A lot of people are selling them the, the metal ones for like I, you know on like an eBay and stuff for like twenty bucks. So I've been slowly but quietly, you know, and I've got a couple of bucks. I'll pick one up, you know, from right. someone who's selling them if I can get it on the cheap. And uh, when I finally get around to building this Nurgle army, I'm going to try to, you know, customize a base and put them on the same. Because the, uh, those ugly, those Nurgle, what are the really good things that they, the. Oh, the, uh, uh, the beasts of the beasts Nurgle? Beasts of Nurgle. They're on like 40s, aren't they? 
They, I, I would imagine, yeah, I think they're on 40s. Yeah, I think they're on 40s. I'm trying to get the great unclean ones on the 40s, like just to adjust and use those as the beasts. And then I want to get like oh, a really good, like a good model. Like I've got, I, I, my, my Mersha miniature I got was the Nohorber Hoth, the king, the prince of flies, which looks like, I mean, it's one of those giant models, you know, six inches tall Javers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like a, it looks very similar to a plague bearer instead of a great unclean, like the big fat. Mm. One, he's got long bandy legs with the with the one eyeball and a horn growing out of his head and the guts pouring out the stomach. Is he holding like a big, a big sickle? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that I, is cool. That could be just as good. And um, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to talk the misses into letting me get uh, uh get a I'm trying to I got a line on a on a possibly a Forge World, the great unclean one. Oh, that, that's, that's that really big one, right? Yeah, I'm trying to talk nice. about it. See, I yeah, figured if you cool have model. that one as your great unclean one and then all the regular little great unclean ones as beasts, mm-hmm. that would kind of work. No, the the small great unclean ones that you're going to use for beasts, that model, it's the same pose, isn't it? Yeah. Would you vary that up well, somehow? I mean, the, I mean, there is only one pose for it. Yes, it's got the, the holding the one right. sword in there. I don't know. They're all metal. I'm going to take a look and see what I can do with them. I'm, no promises at this point. You know, just just get getting them is not is is you know expensive enough. You know, right, right. It's I'd just, have to see how it's posed. If you can it's cut just off an both idea. arms to put something else on there. Yeah, I mean, it's That's... just an idea for now. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. But no, I like it. I I just I don't like the other ones, and a lot of people are finding alternatives for the great unclean one because a greater demon, <laughs> which is in danger of being trampled. Mm. By basically, you know, any other big of uh, these big models, you know, right. well, I could get trampled by a Mornfang. Yeah, just I mean, size. Yeah, seriously. So, um, well, that'd be cool. You know, when you have your Mono Nurgle army ready, that'll be fun because you could run Mono Nurgle. I'll run Mono Slanesh. Yeah. Ryan Nickel can run his Mono Corn, and oh, and um, Braska can to run, run his Mono Zinch. Mono, mono Zinch. And then we'll play Triumph and Treachery. There you go. Yes. <laughs> nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be good. But so, okay, outside of that, I've been playing a lot with my dwarfs. Um, I started making bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran into a small problem. I think I, I'm i using this stuff to make these, these hard plastic bases from uh, Smooth-On. And um, it's basically a 50, it's a one-to-one mix. There's a stuff that looks like cooking oil almost, and there's this thicker black stuff, and you mix it together like, like you'd mix epoxy. And you mix it up in the cup, and then you just pour it out, and, it's, and within about two minutes, it starts to starts to harden, um, which means you got to pour it into the molds quickly because I've actually been pouring that last bit out in the molds and have the stream just harden pouring out. Of the oh, cup. really? It's like, yeah. like it like it freezes in midair. Exactly. Like when it har- when it's done, it's done. It's yeah. actually really cool to see. Um, but I think I had the mix a bit off because you saw them. they were here the other day. Usually within about an hour, they're like solid hard plastic. You like pick them up, right? Yeah, I mean, you pick yeah. them up. I mean, it's the same hard plastic as any of the GW stuff, like the bases, you know? Sure. It's just really smooth, you know? There's no texture on it. Um, but then these, this one batch I made, I had about 30 or 40. I had to toss them. They wouldn't dry. Like, they were Yeah, they were, like, weird. tacky. Yeah. So I must have had the mix wrong on them. But after that, on uh, after you left, um, the next day, on Saturday, I was up, and uh, I made about, uh, I made a couple more batches. I made about 40 or 50 more. And those all came out just fine, except for like two, and they were the very last two in the batch, 
which I'm thinking once everything's mixed and you get that last bit and you're kind of shaking it out. Right. I'm thinking anything that, you know, it's like those last dregs might not have been mixed perfectly. That's okay. So, you're always going to have a couple yeah, outliers. I just So I tossed those. But I've got about 100 of those bases now. And then I called you last night in a panic. Mm. Um, I just realized, and I measured them, and I actually have one of these little conversion charts here uh, for millimeters to uh, inches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I made those dwarf bases. The, 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 the basic frame of the main square of it was from the um, Hearst. Her starts uh, molds. The molds, sure. And I asked them if they had any bases that had a twenty mil base, and most of them are twenty five mil squares to make the tiles for the for the floors. Mm-hmm. But the one mold has the one twenty mil square on it. So I great, that's a twenty mil square. So I'd have to cast the whole mold and get that one piece, and I keep doing right. it. Well, so I've put them together. I mean, they've been all over. People have seen them on Twitter, seen them all over. I ranked them up, and I, I basically I was when I was making all these new bases when they were dry, I had to put them aside. So I had these movement trays in there, so I started putting them in the movement tray, and it was a five by six tray. And as I'm putting them in, I realized they're not filling up. Like I went five across, and it's not filling up the five tray. There was a, like room left at the end. I'm like, that's weird. So then I lined them up, and they're eighteen point seven mil bases. Mm, that difference will add up the more you add. Well, here's the thing. Five bases across, that become 1.3 mil becomes six and a half. It's, it's a quarter inch. Mm. So when you go 10 in, when if you go uh, a, a 10, uh, you know, if you go hoard, there's a half an inch difference in the width of the thing, which, you know, when you're seeing who's in base contact with who and all this stuff. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? This doesn't line up. And I mean, if you and I are just playing, I could just put them on the base and they're magnetized sure. and spread them out and say, like, okay, it's legit. But you go to a tournament, someone could be like, what the heck are you trying to pull? It's not filling up properly. Yeah, I mean, at, at its core, you have to have the, the, the base sizes correct. Exactly. There's really no way to get around that. Even a friend, in a friendly game, I can see that causing some issues. Exactly. So I went and drilled out the mo- the magnets from them because they weren't flush, so I couldn't. I didn't have a bot a flush bottom, so I took the. I bought one of those. Uh, I bought this really cheap twenty dollar drill from Walmart. They, they can, the chalk can get tight enough to get the little drills from the pin vices. Yeah, I've never seen that. Tom McClure is actually telling me about that, and I think he might have told you. Yeah, and about I, this drill I, I well. actually talked to Domus. I'm like, hey, give me give me McClure's number, and I called McClure. And I'm like, what do you use? And he's like, it's just this. It's it's like the cheapest drill they have at Walmart. And I was. I looked around. It was twenty dollars. He goes, mm-hmm. just make sure that the chalk can close almost to completely closed. And that's what I got. Yeah, that is handy. So I I'm took have it, to get one of those too. Yeah, I just drilled all these little holes around each magnet, and then stuck my cutters in there and sort of scraped around and popped all the little spots in between the holes. Mm-hmm. Popped the magnets out, and then I glued them on the twenty mil bases. So they'll be a little higher. Uh, the nice thing is when you put it on the moving tray now, you can actually see the base. Like, you know, it's not behind the lip of the tray. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, so that'll space them out a little bit. There'll be slight gaps. I'm wondering if I should paint the actual, the bottom edges of the base. Like, I was just going to leave them black or just paint them black. Um, but I'm wondering if I should go gray or maybe even get a little sponge and do a little stipple so it has a bit of a stone look to it. Any of those options, I think, could look good. I don't think there's any a, a wrong I answer just, there. I don't want to get penalized for having black edges on my bases. You know, the base edge doesn't match the base. base, base, base. Mm, I, I I do that, uh, but I usually I, I paint them. 
yeah. black. Well, I mean, I would, yeah, I would paint it something, but I just didn't so, know. Uh, yeah, black it's anything. up to you. I'd play it by ear. Part of it would depend on how those your bases play with your movement trays and how those look once they're inserted. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah. Once I, once I get one unit done, I can always go back and fix the painting on the bases. So I'll do that and I'll let you see it because I'm getting okay. close to at least having a couple of ranks. Um, I do have 20 of them now that have their beards done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, between the first three white dwarfs that all featured dwarves, and I bought the downloadable uh, Citadel miniatures, how to paint dwarves. I've got yeah. seven color patterns for dwarf beards, and so that's a, that's a lot of uh, different dwarf beards. Uh, I've been using them all. In fact, what I did was I went through, and if any of them looked too similar, I would just go and grab another shade off of that, and just you know do one more little highlight. So I've got some black beards, some brown beards, some blonde beards, some, you know, so just got a whole bunch of different colors with different shades and, and stuff. So, like, when they rank up, it's not all that – even though the poses are pretty much the same, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And uh, Well, some variation, natural variation, as it would occur in real life, is a good thing. And yeah. I, I like that you're doing that because way back when I painted my high elves, I, I had no idea what to do with the hair. Like, okay, well, all these guys are just going to be blonde. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And then you look and it's like, wow, everybody uh, matches. I mean, I heck, when I did the ghouls for my VC, I have the mantic ghouls. Mm-hmm. Um, I took almost all bald ones because I was like, they're all bald. I don't have to deal with. Oh, they have colors. options that have hair? They had a few options that had hair, but a lot of the hair was the same sort of hair, like, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone having the same hairstyle. And I was like, do I want to go through and try to color all the different varieties of hair hmm. so i was just like forget it once you become a ghoul you're bald you're bald <laughs> <laughs> totally cheated my way out of that one Interesting. so I, I never realized i did that the only thing i haven't finished on the beards are all the little gold uh you know little you know the little clips at the bottom of the mm-hmm. plats um i have oh, also, is that what they're called those are called plats huh? p-l-a-i-t yeah plat when you braid your hair into those long things they're plats yeah interesting okay um and the eyes are done on that whole unit and you saw them and they look pretty good they don't look like cat eyes I think no they're not maniacal or crazy uh, no they're not googly eyed they're not cat eyed they're not that one lazy eye looking off to the side like I did a decent, you right. know, I did so I decided if I can do that I think I can get this first of all if I can do them on those dwarfs and get it into that hard to reach spot mm-hmm. so I'm going to start doing it on all my armies because the other armies are easier to get to those eyeballs on the faces I think. Although undead, you might not have to. Well, with the zombies, I just did the zombies that glowing green, and the ghouls, I did solid right. black. So you know, for the undead, I'm not going back for that. But right. for the uh, but for you know the human armies and stuff, or you know sure. armies that actually have regular eyes, I'm going to paint them. I'm actually going to go back to once I get this done. You know, you always saying you you can go back and improve. Right. I'm going to get everything done, but then I'm going to go back and I'm going to do the gems on all these things too. Like, I'm not going back to do them right now because I want to get the units done. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go back and pick out all the gems and paint all the gems and put them with the little highlights and the dots of colors okay. in there. I'll be curious to see uh, how those look. Yeah, well. Because really the gem is like the, the, the crowning achievement for your ministry. I, I find that once you do the gems, it really pulls everything together and it pops. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of hoping. I mean, I've got the met, me, the metal with the with the blue and the white. So if I can get a couple of like green gems in there just to get a mm-hmm. little bit of you know, or, or some red gems in there just to get that little yep. color variation, I think it'll pop really nice. But if, heck, if I can do eyeballs, I can do gems. 
Mm, I don't know if I would agree with that statement necessarily. Gems, I think, are harder than well, eyeballs. But I can give them at least a try. I mean, those, oh, those definitely. You tough. should definitely do it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Yeah. But it is a different challenge. It's more. There's a few more, in my experience, a few more steps involved with pulling off the gems versus the eyeballs. Well, I'm definitely going to give it a try at the very least because this so far, this is turning out to be the best army I've ever painted. It's slow moving, but it's moving. And it's coming out pretty nice. True to dwarf fluff. <laughs> That's not a knock. That's just an observation. And, and you know what? If I decide I don't like one, I will just totally I, – I will strip and then dismantle the model and start – Right. To, right. <laughs> just blow it up and start all over exactly. again. Exactly. So nice. that's it for my uh, for my work, though. Uh, lots of stuff going on without a ton of progress. But, you know, I realized that was a mistake, and I had to strip it down and undo it to put it back to make it proper. There can't you go. Have no, I can't have my, my, my bases be short. Right. <laughs> Unless you risk, uh, you know, being being mocked for all eternity by me and every other dwarf hater. <laughs> there you go. So, all right, you got any other? Uh, played a couple of games against uh, Alex in preparation for the Masters. We could talk about that because uh, we're we're going to talk about your game a little bit. All right, the right, game that you and I yeah. had. So I can circle around and touch base on that uh, when we talk about that game. Okay. Um. Any other for you? Uh, you know, just been watch since I've been since I've been down here painting. I've been watching TV, and we've hit the we hit the what is it the mid season break now that they do so that way you could you know you don't miss your favorite shows over the, sure. over the holidays. So I just watched Arrow and Flash and the Arrow versus Flash crossover, which was awesome. Okay, Gotham has gotten great. I'm telling you right now, I just came up to the season break, and that Gotham has gotten great. Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow's break was good. Blacklist, like all the, I, I'm watching more TV this this season than I've watched in years. You but, are watching a lot. I, I don't know how you find the time. I, I watch probably one show at a time. Right now, it's Walking Dead, and then it'll be Game of Thrones when that comes on. I just do it while I'm painting, and it's like Monday. Like half of these shows are on Monday night. Like literally, Gotham, Sleepy Hollow, and Blacklist are one after another. So I come down here with Harrison, and we watch mm. all three of them together. And I paint. That's Monday nights. I get more painting done. Interesting. Okay. Because I just put it on and do it. So I'd say, and Walking Dead mid-season break was pretty good too. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of ambivalent on that show right now. I, I watch know. it just to have something on. <laughs> I know a lot of people are getting bored. I, I enjoy. I like. I, I just. I love these stories of these characters. I kind of like what's going on. So the thing is, the, the the stories. I feel like the story doesn't really progress to anything meaningful. Like they develop these characters and then they kill them, and then they move on and develop new characters and kill them. Well, we've still got a core of a lot of the characters from the beginning. We've still got a core of them that are yeah, still Yeah, but, it, but the, if you compare where the group is now to where it began, I feel like it really hasn't – they haven't really gone anywhere. They haven't really done anything. They've, they've killed off this group or they've melded with that group, and that's about it. Well, it's, it's, that's kind of what it is, though. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a character study. I mean, there's not much to do. It's hard to rebuild society when you're going to get a, 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 a herd of thousands of zombies walk through and destroy everything you've built. Um. You know that that's that's what I think is kind of interesting. It's just it's a story of how these people just survive. They're it's, no, it's almost like Survivor. Yeah, but and they're nomads. Reality. I mean, they're nomadic. Right. It's really crazy. So I don't know. I'm enjoying it. But that's about that. The only other thing that we've got in the other is the Star Wars trailer came out. Yeah, what did you think of that? I liked it. I got me excited, man. It got me excited big time. Yeah. I really liked what I saw. Yeah, you know, the ships, the way they were flying, those X-Wings flying over the water, yeah, causing oh. the spray. I was like, oh. Yeah. And then the Falcon goes flying and does the mm-hmm. spin. 
And of course, when the when the Falcon does that one turn, you get a little lens flare. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. Got to yeah, have a course. little lens flare. Um, I, I just I really liked it. Uh, I guess I thought I thought the I thought the saber with the you know the tri saber that everybody's like that crossbar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it was it was a little strange at first. Like I was like, wait, what? Why would you need one of those? And then I thought about it for a second and said, well, if you want something like that, depending on your fighting style, that crossbar actually comes in handy and protect your hand. And a metal one ain't going to help against a lightsaber. That's so, exactly it. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna, that, that was my thinking uh, as, as well. And plus the fact that it just looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks very cool. And a lot of things in the Star Wars universe, if you, if you wanted to get that logical about it, so many things in the Star Wars universe don't make any sense. Oh so no! The, the whole universe comes apart if you start thinking logically like that. Like that many planets that have the same type of gravity, all lumped together. No yeah, way. They're not terraforming. It's not like humanity. Right. Just all these races. Everyone's got the same gravity. Everybody. Everybody learned uh, common or Earth English. You know, or they just understand each other. Yep. Right. Yeah. Everybody. So, who, uh, yeah. Han Solo not, not can, mention, speak, like, can speak Wookiee. You know. Right. Right. Not to mention. Sound, you know, sound in space and explosions and lasers that you can see. But anyway, exactly. I mean, so if just... you're going to open that box, then the whole thing comes apart. So just, yeah. I would say, just take for what it's worth. It's cool. Shut Go up and it. enjoy it. It's yeah. it's a western in space. Just have fun. Right. So, but yeah, I really did enjoy the preview. I love. That. I keep seeing the meme with that with that when the black guy pops up, the black stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh man, those were the droids I was looking for." Yeah. <laughs> that expression, like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, all the stormtroopers were clones, to my understanding. So in the I don't know how this guy they were. In the be- where, well, so when did that change? Somebody's out there. Listen, it, it, it happened in between episodes one and two. Uh, uh, no, actually, that would be episode between four and five. And uh, this part when it was a battle of blib blabble. I know somebody right. knows this. Right. <laughs> Somebody's Star Wars lore is good. I could right. probably Google it, but I don't care that much. So, so yeah, educate us. Exactly. You want to leave us a voicemail. So, but I, I am, I am really, I am excited for the new Star Wars picture. Me too. I'm, I'm stoked. So anyway, uh, so that's that. We've rambled on long enough. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's do this. And when we come back, we've still got a good uh, forty minutes of show coming. And I'm thinking we've got, uh, well, we should talk a little bit about our practice games, and sure. then. Um, we're going to do our little year in review. It'll be a shorter one this year because we've only got a few few major things to talk about. But a I few big be, things. Well, yeah, they're major, but they were yep. few. So, yep. All right, we'll be back. Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program 
or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. My big brother, George, the richest man in town. And we're back. Yes. Talking some Warhammer on Garage Hammer. Oh, yeah. It's about time we talk some Warhammer. So we played a game. Yeah. Haven't played one in a while. It was nice to nice to sit down and, and put, push some miles around the table. Mm-hmm. Little Wapaka practice. Yeah, two thousand points. Um, it was interesting. We rolled uh, up a non-man of intrigue scenario just because the man of intrigue stuff was a little complex, and right. we didn't want to take all night figuring that stuff out. So, mm-hmm. so really, the objective of the game was to destroy the other person's biggest point unit. Yeah, well, that was the the, the bonus objective. The bonus it was basically, objective, you right. know, a straight up. It was a meeting engagement, so it was the mm-hmm. diagonal deployment, and it's a regular game except that one bonus point was. Kill the highest the point. Other, yeah. Your your highest point unit was your unit of twenty nine grave guard. Yes. And mine was the unit oh, of, of savage orcs with all 30, your characters. Yeah, Thirty four savage orc biggins. <laughs> Which, uh, given the army list, I think you were going to have unless your grave guard got in base contact with my savages. I think you were going to have a hard time getting that unit. I didn't think I was, dude, and I don't. I didn't think I wanted them in base contact with your savages. Mm. With all your attacks. At strength yeah, five on the yeah. strength five on the uh, on the first, first attack that's that negates my armor save. I mean, how many attacks do you wind up getting? I mean, seriously, oh, in gosh, a horde you would have had like 10, 20, 40. 30, 40, 40 attacks plus characters, right? And they'd be poisoned because I have the the poison banner in there. And your weapon skill would give you hitting Four. on threes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you get about thirty some hits. Right. Well, I was concerned about your your vampire blunder guy because he was in that unit, and I know you had tooled him up pretty good. Yeah. And that guy can single handedly turn the combat. He, he can do a lot, but still. And you were rolling those those five up saves like you were unconscious for a while there. But eh. I, that that unit is that unit's always tough to break. I know you always are like, well, it's not that bad, but I mean that that's the that that's the uh, well, the savage orc. You mean? Yeah. That's well, the, the key is. I, that's the Ringer Gate it, unit. It's 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 the gunline army, and yeah, I typically run the, the savages as biggin. So if if I'm backed into a corner and I have to fight, I can fight. Yes, Alex and I talk about this all the time, and he's of the opinion that you should make them regular savages. Uh, don't even give them the shrunken head, and just avoid combat at all costs. You know, whether it's hand of gork or whatever, like keeping moving them back. I just find that at some point, if your opponent wants to fight you, he's going to find a way to get in combat and he's going to fight you. Why would you want to avoid combat at all costs? I just don't understand why you would make your biggest unit and make sure it never sees combat. I mean, his thinking is that you you eke out your win by the smallest of margins if needed, just by a hundred points or whatever, just strictly by shooting and magic. Because the orcs orcs typically can't fight. But if you right. if you make them biggins, biggins savages with the poison banner, they can hold their own. They're not amazing, but they can hold their own. Yeah. 
So he, he and I differ in that respect. But I found if I didn't have a, a, that fighty savage unit, I, I think I would have lost that game for sure. It, it came out really close. Um, I, I did go after your war machines. Mm-hmm. Since you didn't want to necessarily fight with that unit, I said, well, fine. I'll just start grabbing everything else I can grab. Right. Um, so you had a gun line. You had, uh, what, you had, you know, what, four, four chukkas, two divers, and two lavas. So you had eight eight war machines, a couple of two manglers, a couple. Uh, yeah, two units of fast cav. A couple uh, of chariots. Two, yeah, two individual wolf chariots, the, the savages, a black orc general, level four uh, orc, and uh, the goblin BSB with the poison manor. Right. Now, I was trying something different for Pekka because I was like, you know, I'm trying to, I was thinking of the hobby hero idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just kind of want to have, take a fun army, you know, play something I normally wouldn't play. And I've been trying to, to put together a list with the Tomb King stuff in it. It's just at 2,000 points, I'm, I, it's like I'm giving up a lot of stuff for things I don't really necessarily want to use, you know. Now, when you told me you were running Undead Legions, I was fully expecting, uh, the casket of souls. I bought one. I just got it. It's fine, Cass. I got to put it together. Well, that's okay. You could proxy it anything, but you ended up not using it. How come? Uh, you know what? It was 135 points for an extra D3 magic dice, but I'm just like, it sits back there. My whole army tends to move and go into combat and get out of. So I'm. It's. It's. Do I want to just leave it sitting in the back where you're just going to charge into it with you know a, a you know some piece of chaff that's going to slow. Well, the you thing know. is that that thing's bound spell is really good. Yeah, the whole you know leadership on three d six. Right. Uh, you take a wound by, by with no armor save, uh, whatever the difference is, and it can bounce to another unit within six inches. So yeah, I may get chaff up there, but you can start zapping them right away with yeah. that. I mean, I'm spell. still thinking about putting that in. I had it in my list initially. It was just. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, it's like I have a. That's like the only model that winds up in that list at two thousand points. So I've got all this VC stuff and this casket. It that's just, okay. Yeah, Who cares? I guess. So uh, basically, what I wound up doing was I had three units of zombies and a unit of skeletons to round out my core. Uh, I had the horde of graveguard. Had a couple of spirit hosts. Um, had a vampire lord who was pretty tricked out. Like I gave him a lot of stuff. How many points was he? 507. Oh, jeez. What exactly did he have? Because I never found out because that guy never saw combat. Right. Oh, well, he did, but, I mean, it never really. Well, not as combats that I uh, was okay He was with. a level four vampire lord with, uh, he had a shield, the armor of destiny, the ogre blade, the other trickster shard, mm-hmm. which I forgot about that. Reroll successful ward saves. I should have gone after you guys. Uh, he had the dragon helm. Okay. Uh, Red Fury and Quick Blood. Red Fury, Quick Blood, remind me what those do. Uh, Red Fury, uh, for every wound I do, I get another attack. Okay. And Quick Blood always strikes first. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so I had basically a three-up armor save, a four-up ward, two versus flaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strength seven. You have to re-roll successful ward saves. Right. No, not not bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely pretty good. And, and you I, also had uh, one of your favorite models. I had a level two BSB with quick blood and a shield on the Coven Throne. Nice. I haven't pulled that out in a while, and I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a try and see if I can make it work in this army. I think that that's a fun model, and I've found ways to make it pretty darn effective against 
armies with a, with a slightly lower leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but at two thousand points, I think I just it's it's that's a lot of points. The two thirty. I think so too, does. because you can only take it as a character mount. That's the problem. You have to put a character on it. So basically, it went under my BSB, who was already two hundred and forty points, and then mm-hmm. I put that under him for another two thirty. <coughs> so yeah, so you have a, a thousand points tied up in three models. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, and then like I said, I had two spirit hosts, a horde of grave guard, three units of zombies, and a unit of yeah. skeletons. Because yeah, when we deployed our armies, I was like, "Wow, your army is very small. Four yeah. blocks and the Coven Throne." <laughs> yep. And Ellen, the two spirit hosts. Yep. But like I said, it was it was a fun game. Um, you know, I basically started heading towards you, and you, I mean, I know when you play your gun line, you try to stay out of combat so you can shoot as much as you can. So right. I got right up on the line and just rushed forward and tried to Van Hells and get up there, and yeah. I got into your uh, war machines pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, took out a few of them, um, ran up the side. I was actually picking up all those points, and then I managed to get off Curse of Years, which is that remains in play, roll roll, roll for every model in the unit. Mm-hmm. Sixes, they go without an they armor take a save. Wound. Yep. So I took off a bunch, and then it goes to five on your turn, and um, you saved some dice to get rid of it, but then you miscast <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's just got rid of the dice I was planning to use to dispel that, so, so that it hit beca- me again. That became a five, took out more, and then on my turn, yep. it became a four, took out even more, and on the next turn, you had to waste three of your power dice, mm-hmm. or did you do three or four at it, just to make sure you got rid of it when it would have been yeah, down it's... to three, but I actually, that spell took your 30, what, 34 plus <laughs> character unit down to about what twenty two, something like that. It whittled them down over time. Yeah, so I managed to get a managed to get enough of them off. Or it wasn't too bad. You know, it, it, sometimes you'll have a game where magic is a non factor, or there's only there's only one or two critical spells. But in this game, magic was a huge, huge factor. You between your oh. curse of years, a hand of gorked a couple of times. There's one footed, key foot of gork. Yeah, you took out how many? You because it, it hit twice. Yeah, you took out eighteen of those twenty nine. Graveyard, and I, I think once that footing. happens, that kind of I think put you on the back foot a little bit. Well, that's why that that was where I I could never bring that you I could never. I, in fact, you got that ma, that unit down to like three, and I managed to get it back up to like twelve. Right. Well, and then between you, all the shooting, and everything you finally killed it. Yeah. But I mean, after you took off, seriously, you took nineteen out of the or eighteen of the thirty models in that unit, including the character off. The unit, uh, mm-hmm. I was ne- I, I was never in a position to even try to go after your... Oh, I didn't get the character. No. On that foot. Oh, just no, the 18. But I'm saying, fall, well, I'm saying right. there's 29 plus the... Oh, right, right, right. The character right. made it 30. You took 18 of that off. Yeah, it's hard to recover from. Yeah, so I, I never had anything that could go into combat. And basically, it was what was on turn six. The Coven Throne was going around and picking up all the... Yeah, I was just killing things just left and right. I I, I couldn't... Well, the nice thing was you also had that low leadership. So before you attacked, you had to do that that roll, and your unit wound up always attacking itself and smashing itself and Mm -hmm. and breaking. So it it just it was great for rolling around the backfield, just smashing things. No one could even attack it. It was like it was not challenged in anything. Mm. Um, And then it overran. I said, "Screw it, let's see what happens." And we went after your your um, savages. Yeah, solo, which I thought was gutsy. 
Well, I had no one else to go after it. I was trying to get a unit of zombies into the flank, just where I would just get, you know, the the rank. You know, in the you only had the two rows. I'm like, you mm-hmm. can take away two models, but I got to flank a banner in three ranks. That combat res would have really helped because you mm-hmm. never actually won a combat by more than one or two. Correct. Um, but that was enough, I think, to crumble it over a, co- a couple of rounds. Right. Correct? Yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah. And the thing is, even me, I was I was pretty unlucky going in there with the attacks. You know, the handmaidens have always strikes first. There's three of them on the cart. They each get two attacks. I mean, they're vampires. What, what is the the strength of the handmaidens? Five. Oh, and how many attacks do they have? Two. Two each. Piece? Yeah. And there's two of them. There's so three four. of them on the cart. Oh, there's six attacks. Okay. Yeah. So there's three handmaidens. The and yeah. it's like okay, so boom. There's all these attacks. Always strikes first with the rerolls, but then I either fluffed the attack or then it was like oh i got all my saves i literally i mean that thing crashed in impact hits attacks this that and the other and i took off like two models i was like son of a gun i think that thing is really designed as like your classic chariot to go in as a support element and that was that was my plan was to have it coming in next to the vc charge that horde in Mm -hmm. and then have it just be on the corner getting the impact Uh, next to that graveyard you mean yeah yeah and then if I can get that in, plus if I can win that that role, if I oh, get yeah, a, yeah. then if you're I'm hitting game. myself or if I'm minus one to hit, right? Minus one weapon skill, ballistic skill, yeah. re-rolling failed or re-rolling successful to hit rolls. That oh, really hurt. That me. was annoying. Yeah. If I can get you attacking yourself on top of all that, then it's like, oh, that's it. Yeah, that totally swings the combat. You're you're gonna be winning that combat big time then. But it, that's so situational, and I mean, in this game, I just couldn't, I couldn't make that happen because you just had pounded my horde so early. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing is, with your army, there's, I'm not going to go after zombies or skeletons. I have to go after the, the only target, the viable targets are the grave guard or that coven throne, right? And that, that characters was, too, if I can get to them. That was the problem with that whole list. I'm, that list is definitely not going to Paca. I mean, it so was, let's talk okay. about lists adjustments. Now that we've played that one game. And knowing the comp and everything that Raj has in mind for Wapaka, what kind of adjustments will you make? I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I'm I'm thinking that the Coven Throne might come to bits because I just like I love playing with it and it's mm-hmm. fun, but it needs to be in a bigger point game. It's mm-hmm. just for a support. It's too expensive as a support mm-hmm. piece, right? Um, so you and I were talking, and we were thinking maybe doing the. Um, Crypt Horrors and Mortis Engine. Yes, I totally think you should do this. And I've done, I, you know what, I did that that very right right when it came out. I took it. That was my first list to Adepticon with this with this army. Was it really? Yeah, and that was the year I got trounced. So, it, what, did you have one unit of eight Crypt Horrors? I had a unit of nine Crypt Horrors. Okay, and. Um, and and the Coven Throne. Maybe it was the second and the Mortis year. I don't know. Or the Mortis Engine. It was either the first year I did or the second year. But that Johnny pounded on me. Uh, I played that guy who's really good with Dark Elves, and he just <laughs> smashed me. It just kept getting pounded on. So I was just like, oh, this is kind of no fun. How did they take out the uh, the, the Crypt Horrors with their four-up regen? Uh, well, you hit him with something that's got flaming. Was it was that as simple as that? Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, you, the dark elves, you know, uh, one flaming hit. Now we'll throw a magic spell on top of you, or you know, okay. and then boom, that just wipes things out. Um, they're low, they're low initiative too, so you can 
you right. can you can do those initiative tests on them and stuff. Well, that, that's when we talked about adding that character who has the like a dragon bane gem or something in that unit to somehow offset those flaming attacks, whether it's in combat or right, like really via combat. Right, and like I said, I'm working on that list, but I'm thinking that you know I'm thinking you're right. Last year at PACA, I had you know. I had the characters, and then I had the Vargolfs. I had I had a Vargolf and some Vargeists. That was the thing last year at FACA. And it didn't do too bad, but it didn't do too great. Okay. Everybody got terrified of the Vargolf, attacked it with everything they had. It was always off by turn two. Right, right. Um, this year at FACA, with the, the stigma attached to the to the cannons and stuff, I'm thinking that the... Uh, the 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 mortis engine might not be a bad way to go. Yeah, you're gonna see less cannons, I think, on the whole, which is good for th- things like your mortis engine. And the fun thing with the mortis engine is, if it lasts past turn three, then I don't care if it blows up <laughs> because right. it's got that pulse. So go ahead, blow it up. It's going to smash you. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that that thing has actually. If you blow it up, like after turn three, you don't want to take it out. You mm-hmm. want to let it survive because the pulse is huge. It's, it's doing damage at that point. And it hits yeah, if you park unit, that thing yeah. behind your crypt horrors, mm-hmm. the pulse doesn't damage them. It only damages your opponent. No, it if actually helps. In combat. Yeah, it helps us in combat. Yeah. The other thing that you could do, too, is if those crypt horrors are engaged in combat, then you can power up that big vortex number six spell, yep. which normally it's really not that good. But, you know, it'll only do, I think... So many wounds to the crypt horrors, and it's like strength four. Yeah, so it's going to have a tough. It's going to have a tough time wounding those things. Whereas if you, you know, push it through like a big unit of I don't know dwarves or elves or something, well, or it's warriors, with the, it's even. with the no armor save, and even yeah, the small exactly. one at strength three. If I'm facing like an elf army, It'll strength three send it through. It's only going to hurt on sixes against them. You know what I'm saying against my uh, against the crypt horrors against the crypt horrors. Correct, right. and then they have the four regen. Right. So, well, and I don't have to put anyone on a mortis engine. I can just run the mortis engine, which is nice. Then mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have to worry about about that per se. Um, yeah, I think there could be some mileage there. The thing is, if you do face someone that has a cannon, you just park your mortis engine behind your crypt horrors. Then they have to kill two crypt horrors with their four up regen before they right. get to your even get to your mortis engine. Yeah, and like I said, that that pulse doing d six hits to every unit that it touches. With the strength being the turn number, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't kill it by turn one or turn two, that pulse is actually kind of devastating. But then if you blow it up, that just does that pulse and it does even worse. So right. I don't know. I think I might take it. I mean, just it's a good model. I like it. I'll pull it. I, you know, it's fun to pull okay. out those big those big centerpiece models. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have it painted and everything. You, you, yeah. yeah. You want to show it off a little bit, right? Exactly. So... Okay. Yeah, for my part, I think I'm going to drop those four spear chukkas and add in a goblin hero on wolf. Oh, that possibly, guy's uh, that guy's a pain in the butt. He's he's good because he's he's multi purpose and he's so him. cheap. Yeah, eighty five points depending on how you kid him out. But, but even when uh, you kid him out, I mean, I remember him coming in and it was like, really? He you know he's so cheap that you can give him a good kit and he's still mm-hmm. cheap. And he operates like fast cav, which is nice. So it's a third fast cav element that I have. Right. Small footprint and all. So add him. And then I think level one night goblin with a scroll back in. Because oh, okay. if I do hit that combat, the goblin magic is actually quite good in combat. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, but that's it. 
That was our game. It was fun. You played. Yeah, that, we'll have to play another. But did you? Now you were helping Alex with his. Um, uh, yes. Uh, so with the Masters coming up, we played a couple of Masters prep games. I don't want to say too much because I don't know how much he wants me to say about right, right. his list. But I did use Justin Berge's high elf list. Okay. Which I found when you know when I looked at it, I thought, "Well, this is it. It's, it's it feels like it's a very soft list with not a lot of punch." But when I played it, it it. I realized, oh, okay, it's actually it's very deceiving in the way that it plays. Really, it's it got a block of twenty five ish uh, Phoenix Guard. He's got a choppy Lord in there, uh, some some spearmen, uh, two bolt throwers, one unit of fast cav, uh, no eagles oh. that I that I recall, um, and uh, uh, a high mage. So and it's very deceptive in that it's it's fighty, but it holds its points very well. Especially the, the Phoenix guard block and the, the high magic is actually very good. Um, and that spell, um, oh gosh, what's it called? The the flaming conflagration. All right, that's a really good spell at uh, casting level of nineteen. If 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 I manage to get it off, you have to dispel it in your phase on a nineteen. Oh yeah, so that's a lot of dice that you're devoting to that. Yes, that's that's where. That's the cool thing about when you get those those spells off is it's mm-hmm. like, oh, now your entire magic phase is dedicated to stopping this. It's, right. it's a nice sort of dirty, underhanded way to take out your opponent's magic phase. Yeah, it's just like your Curse of Year spell. Exactly. Uh, so we, we played a couple prep games there, and uh, we're, we're going to play a couple more just to see, you know, just to, to get them ready. Get them, we're kind of doing some training. How are you liking the Swedish comp? You know, I gotta say, I actually do like it because you're you're playing different armies and units that you've never seen before in different ways. Cool. So I wouldn't. I don't think I'd like to play it all the time, but the variety, the change of pace, is nice. Oh, that sounds fun. We could I yeah. get a couple games in with that. I don't mind. What do I care? Yeah, well, we could do. We definitely definitely do that. All right. Well, um, you know, why don't we take a break and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about. Uh, our, our our year with Games Workshop is 2014. That's a good point. Hi. Hey, folks! It's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. Dot com and seriously guys you'll be glad you did and we're back talking the year 2014 in review what, 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 you want the moon? I'll throw a lasso around it and, and bring it down. What to is it you want, Barry? 
What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Buffalo Bill, why don't you come home tonight? Why don't you come home tonight? Buffalo Gals. Buffalo, Buffalo Gals. Is it, I don't know. I Whatever. My memory is shady. That, that's funny because I, I often make that same mistake when I oh, say, yeah. Buffalo Gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo Gals, can't you come out tonight? And Dog. I anyway. take a flaming rum punch. Out you two pixies go <laughs> true to Dora, true to window. Hey, Nick. Nick. And What's another thing, where do you get off calling me Nick? <laughs> well, Nick, that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> we can probably do the whole movie. <laughs> don't hit my sword here again, Mr. Gower. Please don't hit my sword here. <laughs> that does it. Out you two pixies go through the door or out the window. Okay, okay. Best line, though, best line is at the end. When their uh, when their maid, his his parents' maid comes in and everyone's giving him the money. Oh yeah! I've been saving this money for a divorce. If I ever gets me a husband. <laughs> <laughs> Annie. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Annie. That's right, right. That's her. That's her name. Oh my god! Oh, that's great. So, uh, all right. So, like, okay, twenty fourteen was a bit of an odd year. I mean. Okay, first of all, 2013, we had, what, five army books to talk about. Right. All sorts of new models, all sorts of new everything. And um, this year, just as many books come out, but not army books. <laughs> so Not army books, but I feel like this year was uh, hotter and heavier than 2013 by yeah. far. It's, it's weird. When we went to but, – but when we sat down and start, excuse me, started writing down everything that came out, it was like, oh, Oh, it's just—it's it, the list is not very long. It's not, but uh, what what things did that were released were had a, just a massive impact. Yes, whether it's the, you know the fiction to the gameplay to to everything, top to bottom, absolutely you know, more so more so than any one army book could ever hope to to change. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so January, uh, first of all, January saw the new White Dwarf and Warhammer Visions come out. Which uh, I think White Dwarf has actually been pretty well received for what it is at four bucks a week. You know, it's actually ones up being more expensive than the old White Dwarf, but uh, you can kind of pick and choose now a lot. You know, a lot of times when you go and see that it's a forty k cover, you just save your four bucks that week. You know, how how are things with Visions? Uh, you know what? I, that's I have that written here. Um, you when it first came out, I wasn't very keen on it, and a lot of people just quit on it right off the bat. Um, lots of pictures, almost no text. I mean, they, they, they promoted it as having articles and I would still say that articles require text and they, <laughs> they didn't, ha- I mean, they didn't have it at, at best. Any, any one page, any one picture would have a caption of like two sentences, you know, it's not a lot of uh, written content there. No, there's not, but there's a lot of, and it was cool. But the problem was it was always stuff that came out the month before. And most of it was pictures from the white dwarf. Mm. Uh, and I really, a lot of people canceled on A lot of people didn't like it. I stuck with it because I'm not going to go and, it's, it's paid for, the money's gone. I'm, I like mm-hmm. the pictures. Now, there are people who would say, well, I can go look all that stuff up on the internet. God bless you. I hate sitting <laughs> on the computer. I really do. I'm lazy. I hate, you know, I, I'm on the computer, what, you know, what, four or five hours a week on average, and when you figure the amount of time I'm editing the show. 
Sure. And that's at home. And that's, you know, I don't have that much time. And I'm at work. Dude, I can't get on these sites to go around looking for inspiring images. You know, I'm not like, you know, these guys who can sit at work and just sit and surf all the net. I'm at a school. Well, the, the difference is if you're searching for Warhammer images via Google or something, you're looking for something specific. Right. I'm, I'm pinning this. I need inspiration. I'm looking for that VC thing, whatever. Whereas the visions will bring it to you like on a platter. The whole buffet comes to you on a platter. It did. So you can kind of peruse. Now, I, I will say this. Once again, in the beginning, it was all – you know, 50 or 60 percent of the magazine was whatever came out that month. You know, and then you had all these little bits and articles that weren't, you know, just – over the past few months, and especially the last couple months, and now, I mean, with the, the you know the Glotkin one, actually, before the models came out, the White Dwarf was out with all the stuff. Or, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the Visions was out. So it was like before. In fact, this now uh, this the one that just came out Saturday is all the, the Blood Angel stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's not out yet. So they're actually, they've moved to a give it to you a month in advance instead of what came out last month. Right. It's stuff. like the Insider's uh, yes. preview. And the stuff that's about to come out now is only like the first quarter of the magazine. Um, the rest of it, it's still got that Blanchitsu nonsense, but there's, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it, it's, it's the same article. Everyone, all he does, he does custom models with lots of conversions, but it's all for like Necromunda. Right. So, okay. So it's always, it's always five models and it's always the same type of five models. I mean, the last couple of months he's been his friend's five models. It's like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I right. just don't. I'm sorry. That's the part of the mag- the one part of the magazine that I would just drop. That's just me personally. That's what I would mm-hmm. do. Um, but huge sections. They have the army on parade where they pick other people's armies and show like the stuff they're doing with it. Huge uh, golden demon sections. Just yep. tons of pictures, and that's what I love. Just these huge sections of inspiration, old stuff from all over the systems. All sorts of stuff, top-notch stuff. Um, so I think I think Visions has gotten a, actually picked up and gotten a lot better. If you don't want to just sit and look at pretty pictures of, of Games Workshop models, if you're mm-hmm. content to do that online, it's a total waste of your money. Right. But I think it was, it's like it was like I think it was sixty-five bucks for a year or seventy bucks for a year, so it only wound up being like five, six bucks an issue. Sure. For six bucks an issue. I don't mind. I pay more than that for the White Dwarf every month. And, yes, you can argue there's content and actual articles, but I like looking at the pretty pictures. I really yeah, and it do. comes to you, like, all formatted and nice. And Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't subscribe, but I can see it certainly being a worthwhile tool. I mean, for me, I know the the subscription is renewing in January, and I'm going to let it renew. I may be one of the few people. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let it renew because I do enjoy when it comes out, flipping through it. It's got the thing on the iPad. You can click on it and zoom and get into real details and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it's, it's not – I mean, if you like looking at really well-painted models and you don't want to sit around searching them out on the internet mm-hmm. and you don't mind spending 6 bucks a month for that convenience, it's a good – it's good. It's good. It is what it is. Right. I, I like that kind of thing. So for me, I like it. Okay. You know? Well, that's a, a very productive January then in, GW, in GW's part. Yeah. I mean, it's another thing where they got tons of flack, but they came out with that. And I mean, that was a pretty bold move, you know, splitting into the two magazines like that. And I remember just right. people, I mean, even the first oh. few White Dwarfs with all the dwarf, just dwarf stuff in it, people were like, oh, this magazine sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now White Dwarf, people get kind of excited every week. So Yeah, it took a little time. 
have yeah. a little faith and yeah, it'll it'll take off. It'll work. So what happened in February? Well, after those first three white dwarfs were all about dwarfs, we got the dwarf book that came out. Yeah. And uh, that was, I, you know, I thought it was a pretty decent book. It, uh, I still have issues with it at times. There are certain things that they changed that I didn't think they needed to, but yeah. it wasn't bad. Not too many new models. Um, mm, I disagree. I think they had just the right amount. Okay, let me put it this way. Not too many new units. Okay. Um, basically, in fact... Really? You don't, I, I, even then, I think they, they had the, the, the fire drakes. They had a new copter. Yeah. So they had a gyrocopter. They have a variation on the gyrocopter. They right. had iron breakers. Now they have a variation on the iron breakers. And then they brought in a couple of character models, new character models. That's really it. It's, it's pretty substantial to me. It's, it, it, they, they, they gave them the things that I think that they needed to make the army more viable and enjoyable to play with and against. Yeah. Um, they did take away a few things that made it really hard to make a, a really solid army, though. Um, you know, hmm. that's just my opinion on it. They totally messed up the anvil. They took away your ability to make a really tank of a character, um, which you kind of need in mm-hmm. this army. Um, they did, I mean, there's there are good things and bad things. Overall, I liked the book. I thought it was a good book. Um, I just thought the originality in there wasn't really coming through. And you could you could go back to the fluff and say dwarves don't make new things. They mm-hmm. stick with what's tried and true. But when you look at like, you know, the, the you know, completely new things, phoenixes, you know, warlocks, you know, uh, you know, mornfang, all these huge riders, all these cool things, and they're like, "No, nah, we're not giving that to the dwarves. Dwarves don't build new things and dwarves only fight on foot because mm. that's how they do it." Again, I think the gyro bomber was a big step forward. The the oh, the, the, takes that. the fire drakes. Well, still, but the option is there. Yeah. The, the fire drakes which people do take is is a, certainly a very compelling option. I do like in that. that. Uh, they do a lot of, you know, they fight and they shoot pretty well. Yeah. I so do like them. Don't get me wrong. Unit. And I mean, the new models that they did put out are fantastic. Not to mention the, the hammer possible beard, yeah. The possible army-wide hatred that you could have—that is that would—that is a cool rule. That's a fun rule to play That's with. That's not bad. Yeah, you know that your characters are at least going to get hatred, pretty mm-hmm. much. Or your general, you know, but you got a two-thirds chance of general and characters, and you got a one-third chance of being that whole army. Right. And honestly, I've gotten that more times than not. The whole army—that's nice. Oh, all those rerolls to hit, and those, those high-strength attacks on something like hammers. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, Hammer's getting two attacks. It was nice, too. So. Yeah, anyway, you forgot to mention that little detail. Well, you know what? Like I said, I, I mean, I look at it. I mean, the army itself got two new units and three new models, each with two variations. I mean, and I love the new models. I just, I was expecting, especially from all the rumors, I was expecting things to get shaken up a bit, you know? You, you want to bear cavalry. Not really. I didn't want Bear Cavalry. <laughs> but what I got excited for was one of the total lies. Um, I was expecting either like an underground drill tank type thing, uh, which I thought might be cool, or I, what I really wanted was an anvil that could move, like could, like the anvil slash uh, – th- I thought they were going to do a dual kit, anvil and throne, hmm. where you could either have the throne for the Lord or a, or a mobile anvil like it used to be, where you could actually right. move it around, which would have been awesome. I thought that would have been really cool to have an anvil that can move around in a unit. Because um, then you don't need to set up a barricade to protect it. To protect, right, sure. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose. That's what I was looking forward to. So, But that's that. 
Um, and then I think it was April that we got the Wood Elf book. Was it April? I think it was April. Uh, yeah, because I think it was right before Adepticon. So there was some question as to whether or not it was going to be allowed. Right. And right, it right, was. Right. And very few, and I think nobody <laughs> took any Wood Elves. Right, yeah. It was so new, nobody knew what to do with it. They were like, forget right. it. Right. Um, yeah, this book. Uh, what's the what, so? What's the consensus with this? I mean, diehard Wood Elf players are still playing Wood Elves. I mean, because they always were. But and you know, people talked about all the True Flight arrows and stuff being awesome. But I, I is there a was there a big influx of? Wood I don't know. Not that I've seen. Even at Bits, which was in June, we didn't have a single Wood Elf player there either. Really? And I, I just they're I, they've never been a mainstream army. They're kind of an outlier. I know in so six they were ridiculously good, and in seventh they were still good. I, I to be honest, I've not I've not played against them. I, yeah. I just don't play them. Uh, I could see their shooting being pretty effective, wildly effective. That's another army that got a couple of really cool things, and then like the the trade off was everything they had that was good got neutered to the point where it wasn't. I mean, right? Actually, you know, I take it back. I did play Steve. Oh gosh, Herner? I forget his last name. No, he's a guy from down in Springfield. I'm not certain. I forget his name, I, but he—I I played his Wood Elves at uh, Screw City. Oh, okay. And it was a little bit different because it's a lot of like, monsters involved and everything, right? But um, I just—they—they they messed they for no Rune good Wall, reason. Steve Wall, that's his name. Oh, okay. But for no good reason, they just—they—they—they they, they trimmed back the forest spirits. No pun intended. Um, you know, well, I think that reason was. Strategic on GW's part was because before the, those four spirits were pretty good, yeah. if I understand. So everyone had them. If you're going right. to release a book, you can't sell try to sell models that everyone already has. Here's the thing: if they would have stayed good, people would have just added a few more. I mean, they, they didn't get a ton of new. Well, they actually did get some. Re, they redid the models. Um, they changed a few things around, but really, I mean, keep the you know. Let's put it this way. The infantry, the elf infantry and the elf um, cavalry actually got better. Water-wise? I, I think just rules-wise, too. I mean, people mm-hmm. are people are using them to, to good effect, it seems. Had you kept the four spirits about the same level, I think that army would have been crazy good. And I think you would have seen a lot of people playing it. Yeah, um, probably. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I didn't, you know. They, they they boosted the one side enough where even if you, they had kept the four spirits, I think people would have started picking up some of that other stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It would have given you those options where instead of having, you know, these things are pretty good and these things just aren't anymore, it would have been like, well, this is all pretty decent and, you know. Yeah, I could, I could see that. But I think putting the emphasis on the elves and wood elves is, was the right move. They're not. It's not a wood spirit army. It's That's a wood true. Elf army. Well, I mean, but if you read the fluff, also that 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 forest is part of their. You know, it's alive. I mean, it's a part of their whole thing. Yeah, but it is elves first I, yeah. and foremost. Right? I guess in my mind, rather than make something crap so that you never want to take it, if it's that good and you want to balance it out, then just raise the points on it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They could have kept that stuff the same, raised the point cost on a little bit, and people would have bitched, but it's like, well, this is still good. So you would have had right. that option for variety. Whereas just now open you open up just, the choices, whereas now it's it's a kind of a non choice. Exactly. Now you only you only see only when people are going really fluffy do you seem to see any dryads or, mm-hmm. or tree kin or or I mean even treatment. You always saw two or three treatment because they were awesome, and now it's like, oh, maybe one. 
Mm-hmm. And if they're too good, you know, raise the points on them a little bit. Or like I said, the other stuff got good, so you don't need them as much. You raise the points on the Treekin and the Dryads, but leave them as, as good as they were. Psh, there you mm-hmm. go. That solves your issue. Yeah, they're good, but they're a little more expensive. That's just me. Right. Um, I personally like the book. I like the fluff. I like the new models. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a personal uh, preference. The Wood Elf kind of um, aesthetic and, and style never really appealed to me per se. It's well, just the whole you're witzy. a high elf. Well, no, not not even that. Just the whole like organic woodsy, you know, guerrilla warfare type thing. While I couldn't understand why it's cool, it just doesn't appeal to me personally. Yeah. Well, and like I said, if you like elves, you generally tend to gravitate towards one to the sort of the exclusion of the other two, at least stylistically wise. And you, right. you, you're, you're, you got that high elf thing that that really clean, mm-hmm. martial prowess, right? And I look at that as original elf. Yeah, it's nice, but I like I like the I like the feral bit to those elves. I really do. I like the feral elves. <laughs> well, if you want to run around with a you know an ivy loincloth in the woods, that's your me prerogative. personally. No, because no, no, nobody <laughs> want to see that. Nobody wants to see Mister Whitek in a loincloth. Not even Mrs. Whitek. Let's be honest here, dear lord. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to even say anything. Don't even try and picture that in your head. You'll need years of therapy. No, 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 no. So let's move on to the next month. <laughs> How about that? Um, so, uh, let's see. What else uh, What else happened? So, that was oh, in April. So you know what? We happened. did skip. And it's not a GW thing, but back in January, they did our. Uh, we got to meet all the Black Sun guys at Wapaka, which was Oh, fun. yeah, of course. Since we're doing it, since it wasn't that much. I figured I'd add in us. Chris and Tomlin, then, Chippy Rick. Yeah. Diesel. Diesel, of God, course. that guy. Oh, how does he not have alcohol poisoning? I think he uh, just. I think his blood alcohol content is just naturally like point one. If you were a superhero, that would be his ability. Oh no, kidding! He just absorb alcohol, right? Uh, and then in February, the Midwest went to the Masters and took all of the big awards, yeah, except for the team award and um, or best region award, whatever it's called. And, and well, I, I, we've had you and I've had this conversation. When you go to a singles event, I don't quite get the team award in a singles event. Personally, I understand when you got a lot of people there coming from their own areas. It's nice to recognize, but as far as awards go in a singles event, you got your general, overall, paint, sports. Those are the ones that I always look to first. Uh, it's kind of nice to see which which club or, or region in this case collectively did the best. Yeah, kind of nice to see. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's an interesting data point. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's basically that's as far as it goes with me. Like even with yeah. Paco, we have the team stuff, and it's kind of neat to see which team did the best. But then even at Paco, it's like they just do it as a thing. If you if you come alone, they just throw you on. They they split up the teams between Raj Bear mm-hmm. and Johnny. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you know, hey, I'm not on a team, but I'm on a team. It's a you know, it's cool. But when you're at an individual event, you're pretty much you know you're playing for you. That's it's right. uh, to me. That's always been sort of a little. Thing that even if you kind of are sucking, you're at least part of a team. So, right. you know, you, so could, you, you can, yeah, put your claim to success. Exactly. So that's just me. But yeah, I mean, we got Bergie taking overall, and we got uh, who got best sports? Was that? Uh, I think it was Bruins. Yeah, Bruins, it? and then uh, Johnny took paint, and there you go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, not bad. Uh, but then, oh, and then in, uh, let's not forget before in June, I got best VC at bits. Yay. Yay. And then in July, we hit episode 100, which is kind of a big thing, with Contest NATO. Contest NATO. That's right. Jaguar. (laughs) 
Johnny on the spot with that Jaguar. <laughs> you always got it, though. I can, I can rely on you. <laughs> All right, and then in August, we had Nagash. Holy yeah. mackerel. Starting to change the world. Wow. What a great book. I mean, yeah. story-wise, it was just fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it was. It, uh, it was and surprising. He came as a character. You know, it, before this, Nagash was always sort of this mythical, you knew he was a, a central to the story, but at least in my experience, there was never really, because I don't really read the books. Right. Maybe I should. But he was they in never... the Undead book, wasn't he? When, it, when the Undead first came out, he there was a, I mean, because somebody I know posted on our website. Yeah, I think I think he was way, yeah. the, way back in the day, the older one, correct? Right, right, right. But there never was, he was almost like an urban legend. Like he was there and you knew he was important and powerful, but they never really fo- spelled out in full detail what it is that he did and what he's about. So it's nice to get this book where it goes into way over the top detail over what he is and what he's about. Right. And then a few years ago when they started doing those Time of Legends trilogies, they came out with the Nagash trilogy, which really showed how he became powerful. And the first couple of times he went to bid for power and was was at least, well, not killed, but delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but having him be brought back, having all the changes in the world, just for, for after how many years of, I mean, you know, of just this Warhammer world being this crazy world full of violence, mm-hmm. you know, back, what, 10, 12 years ago, they do Storm of Magic. It kind of changes everything. People really, are you know, enjoy it. It shakes things up. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of drop it again. And then they, now they bring it back bigger and even more powerful with more character shakeups. I mean, just seeing the, you know, the little stuff with Techless, and you're like, wow, what the hell's going on there? Right. You know, finding out about Aliathra and that stuff, and why, wow, you know that, and you still let that happen. I mean, little things like it's like they really went in and, and filled in these stories with these characters and made stuff happen. And well, then they made the characters I think relatable, uh, likable, or, or hateable. Right. You know, to a large degree. So it really, it kind of makes the characters much more interesting. Rather than, because before they were, you know, a great fighter and they had the, the stats and you could play a game with them and be great. But now there's really a lot of history, a lot of depth to these characters. And that idea is, of all these, good job. all these mythical characters who were unbeatable, just dying left and right too, I think, was like, mm-hmm. wow. And everybody goes, oh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, that's not the first thing where main characters actually died. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it's just. You know, the idea that no one is safe was just a great, like, whoa, really? That's, wow, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't really get a Game of Thrones vibe from that at all. Game of Thrones is when you start to like a character, that's when they kill him. Whereas this, it's, it's not really, I don't think it's about that. Yeah, it's not even, yeah, it's not, a, but but I think it's so much that, 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 that concept that no one's safe, that you're not used to having the guys who are laid out, these are the good guys, you know, maybe one of them dies, but, the, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to lose Boromir, but the other right. eight are going to get to the end, you know, even though they shouldn't, they're going to all get, you got to kill someone, because if nobody dies, then you're like, oh, that's baloney. Right, right. Well, it's sword and sorcery. There's right. got to be, someone's got to be die. There's, yeah. there's got to be some danger to it, right? Yeah, Conan's girlfriend's got to die. You know, somebody's got <laughs> right. somebody's got to deliver a little speech and then pass out, you know, and, right, and, right. from blood loss and go away. Um, but here... Dude, excuse me. They were just killing everybody, mm. and then, uh, and that's when they changed the rules to fifty percent, which was pretty interesting, and said everyone can raise the dead mm, for better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fifty percent, I'm not actually minding that much. I haven't been, you know, we've been playing a bit, and I haven't seen it be all that bad. Like I haven't seen too many people, and you can uh, yeah. abuse it. And I know I, you're hearing stories of sometimes 
it's getting abused. It's just a ni- it's just nice to have that extra little bit for that one or two magic items that you always wanted but just couldn't fit in. Right, and that's how I've been using it. I know that's how you've been using it. And I think at least for tournaments, I mean, seriously, oh, I could take a bunch of demon princes or I could take a bunch of these. You know, the, the, the tournament organizers are, are, if the ones who are worried about it are kind of putting the limits on that or the comping that and mm-hmm. you know that works you know to keeping it from getting a little out of whack they you know yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll adjust. It. it's not too bad yeah right the community is adjusting is adjusting to that change then what last week of september first week of october whatever glotkin comes out yeah and that was i liked that one too it's following the wake of Nagash, so big changes for the chaos and the things. And yeah, I like the I like the Glockin book more so far in terms of both in the fiction and the rules, like the the potential army lists that you can create. Yes, the mixing up of the of the the three, you know, the beastmen, warriors, mm. and and Nurgle is good. Oh, we you know we totally glossed over the models are fantastic. The models are yeah, just... yeah, they are. I'm they, jealous. They... <laughs> They, I mean, they really are just so good. I mean, they've gone – I mean, GW has stepped it up so far. Say what you want about their prices. Nobody else has models that look like this. It, totally. That, totally. That complexity, that sort of – I mean, even the little things. Dude, the spirit host that came out, mm-hmm. you know, they're being connected at that one little point. They look so fragile. Those Morgaths look like they're flying up on that little bit of wing. It's just like – yeah, it's so well designed. Yeah, I mean they've they've just they have pushed it to a level where you just look at the model and you're just like, wow, this is just stupid good. It's those spirit hosts are are a world of difference from the old days where it was like the, the white sheet <laughs> the, the, ghost. the ones from the Mickey Mouse Ghostbusters. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I hate come it a long way. so much. But uh, yeah, so Glotkin comes out and um, that's actually met with pretty well you know some people like the story better some people like the story worse um you did see characters who it's it's become the joke now if they if they haven't lost their head they're coming they could come back right right um you know always a chance yeah um but like i said i know you like i like the story a lot too I, i think part of the thing is nagash was cool but it was a a lot longer I mean, mm. you're talking, these books are now about 125 pages when Nagash was almost 300. They're about half right. the length. And Nagash had a lot more going on, but a lot of it felt repetitive. Uh, a lot of undead on undead. Yes. And we when fight, happens, we raise, we fight, we raise, we right. fight, we There's raise. There's not a lot. I, I feel like, the, personally, I don't have a lot of vest, a lot vested when skeletons are killing different types of skeletons. It's the, cool yeah. the first time around, but... The chapters that got really exciting was when you had the Empire showing up in it. You know, it was like, oh, right. now these guys, there's something might happen. And even they got raised back to fight. But there was, you know, when a skeleton gets killed and comes back up, it's the same damn skeleton. When a guy dies and comes back up as a zombie, right, right, right. that's there's a different some, thing. The, there's a loss there. Exactly. The finite nature of, of, right. Right, of life. You know? So, um, but I like that. And I like in Glotkin... <laughs> I love what they're doing with Vlad. He's hmm. getting such a great story arc here. I'm really curious to see where he's going to go. Just him running around with the Empire guys and being like, hey. Yeah, yeah, that is very compelling. But he fits right in because he's been playing around, you know, in that in that political arena for so long. So. Right. It's just so funny how he's there now. And it's like they, they nobody wants to accept. It's like really, mm-hmm. you know, you're letting the wolf. You know, you're letting the wolf in or the fox into the hen house here. Right, right. But the fox is like, seriously, dude, this whole, we're all dead if we don't all fight together. Right, the whole farm is about to be burned. So. Yeah, 
Let so, me in. Exactly. And it was, uh, I've just, I really, I've enjoyed it. In fact, next episode, folks, I know we said it was this episode, but we had some scheduling difficulties. Mm-hmm. The the Christmas episode, which is usually this episode, will be Glotkin. If you've been good this year. <laughs> so we'll see. Otherwise, it's just going to be uh, a two-hour episode of the best of my bad jokes and clips of me saying, army. Right, and a lump of a bunch of dwarfs in your stocking. Oh, and and, and me and Chris singing. And yeah, have, yeah, you don't want that. We'll have, Although you've already got some of that in this episode. The, voice, the voicemail song was just over and over for an right. hour. <laughs> right. So... Doubtless one of the one of the worst three uh, Garage Hammer moments in recent history. <laughs> I've got that somewhere. We got to do a new version of that. We got to fix right. that up. Do a little better. Um, so that brings us into November, which saw the release Kane of the Kane and Time book. Yeah, and uh, it's made a lot of waves for me personally. If the jury's still out, I haven't read it. I don't want to pass judgment on it until I've read it. But yeah, a lot of changes. I've all s- armies that we can choose, choose from all three books. Yeah. Now I've started on some of the fluff and right off the bat it's 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 coming hard and heavy that it's it's mm. it's the fluff is not is not disappointing thus far. Um rules wise it's wonky as hell. Um, it is. and I get the story. I mean they're totally smashing I mean, you know, Ulthwan's where they're sucking all that magic out of the world and you start messing right. with that, which is what they're doing. Yes, magic is going to be flying everywhere, and it's thick in the air, and it's going to allow magic to go off the charts. And I get it, fluff-wise, it totally makes sense. And down here in the crypt, you and I, I, I think I think if you're playing bigger games, because of the, the 4D6 magic phase, like a 4,000-point right. game. You can absorb that damage a yeah, little better. A, like but a 2,000-point game, <sighs> not so much. And at a tournament when you're at a time limit, like I said, I just... Everybody's a uh, uh, everybody's um, a lore, lore master. master. You yep. can you can spam cast again. Yep. Oh, that's just that. There's that's that's going to become brutal and or annoying really quick. Especially yeah, I mean, we'll, if we'll your especially if your opponent gets a nice four d six roll and you get like four ones and then that's right. you're like oh that's hey. it this game's over. Brace yourself. And well, you know we'll play dwarves. a couple of games. Oh yeah, I know they're just gonna get smoked. Dude, they Unless can... their their end times book, whatever their incarnation is, addresses that and it, it boosts them up a little bit. Oh, it's I... hard to judge these because they're not not all the armies are on a level playing field in the end times bubble. Yeah, I would have I would have said uh, you know I would have if they would have just allowed the the runes to be where you know you can take multiple dispel runes again. Just give them a chance. Right, that would have been something. Or the magic is flying so heavy that even the dwarfs are, you know, instead of being at a plus two, they're always at a plus four to dispel. Sure. Well, you know, I, again, with their end times book, whatever their version is, it'll probably be something along those lines. I definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I will say, you know, even though the rules were wonky, the the, the book seems pretty cool, and some of the character stuff's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the things they did with the armies, which we'll get more into later, but you know. Tyrion leading, taking, you know, Tyrion having, and spoilers, if you don't want to hear it, jump forward two minutes. Uh, you know, Tyrion pulling the sword of Cain and becoming the avatar of Cain. Right. Um, he, he's a forces of destruction army. Like, his list is him and Marathi and that. bad guys yep. because he's just totally on the warpath. Malekith's is the side of order, and he's got the Ever Queen, and he's got Teclas on his side. Yeah, that's And he's got the two versions of him, and. You know, like I said, and it fits into that story. 
the way that they're writing the story. You know, he's, uh, he's fighting I, I, chaos. I have to, he's a force I'd have of to order. read that. Well, I mean, yeah, he is. He is. But to, to, he is still a jerk. He is still cruel and ruthless. But to go from a, a culture where we talked about it, where they, yes. they, they kill innocents, they kill children in the streets, and they murder each other, and that's part of their society, to go from the leader of that to all of a sudden become the leader of the forces of order and well, to be leading you know, the likes the of, of Teclis. The and, he's the leader of the elves, and they are fighting against chaos, which is the only reason they're falling into order. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, it's, it's a constant state of warfare. There's no time for hanging around and having murder night and stuff like that. Basically, I suppose you know. I think they've made him Phoenix King in the middle of a war, and it's like he's good at that. And so it's no, like I, lead I, these guys and fight chaos and save the elves from I, I hear utter you. destruction. It would be like, uh, like if 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 aliens invaded Earth during World War II, then all the forces of World War II would unite to fight against these aliens, right? And, yes, sort and of... even if the even if you get the kamikazes in there with you, and you get the the crazy the Luftwaffe <laughs> fighting them. You know, we don't like them, and their their ideology and their belief system isn't great, but they're fighting with us against the aliens. Exactly. It's just, it's just you're just asking the audience, or you're asking me personally, to make a huge leap of faith. The hugest. Yeah. Well, and like I said, and there's stuff in there that sort of explain. and I know it's weird. It's, I mean, game-wise, it's weird because we're just so used to that, but even, I mean, I don't even think the witch elves aren't even on his side. Like, they're not in his army. They're on, they're in Tech, they're in Tyrion's army because they're not fighting against the demons. They're fighting for the sake of killing and bloodshed. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the worst elements of of the Dark Elves, those models and those guys are with Tyrion. With Tyrion, <laughs> so sure. Killing for killing's sake. It's just crazy. And there is not a Wood Elf model in Tyrion's army. He has nothing. From them because they just were like, um, no, <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that. You know, they come back under duress and they're only doing it to save the elves, not to do any more fighting. It's just, I think it's cool. It's a stretch. I don't deny it's a stretch, but the way that they've laid it out story wise, it'll work for this story. What happens after this? Who knows? And I haven't gotten to the end, so I don't even know right. who's alive at the end. Malekith could be dead at the end of this. And then that would explain why they didn't give him a new model. Right. But- right. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go through the reading. We'll hash it out. And, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Offer our opinions at that point. But that's it. I mean, here we are in December, and apparently there's going to, you know, Smaug is coming out. We skipped that in News and Rumors. The- oh, yeah. That, I, what do you think of that model? I think it's gorgeous, but I'm not paying $500 for a model. It's not that much, is it? How much is it? I thought it was. 500 Hold on. Let me look. Is I it, mean, they're sold that, out. There was 200 pounds or something like that. I mean, they've they got, already got people putting the damn thing up on eBay for two grand. Was oh, it already sold out? For oh, two grand? Well, here's the thing. They only have... The, before Christmas, there was a limited edition. They only had like 200 before Christmas. They're like, this oh, is all we're going to have gosh, to produce before yeah, Christmas. $490. Yeah. Uh, and here I thought, oh, I'll use that for my high elf army. Mm-mm-mm. No, and it's ridiculous. It's huge. Uh, I forget what I was reading the details on it, but uh, oh, okay, here the base is nine point two inches long and five and a half inches wide, and the thing to the top of that wings at the top, it's eight point four inches tall. The thing Jeez. weighs two point four kilos. That's like five pounds. Yeah, that is huge. It, it is gorgeous, but it's man. gorgeous. But it's a five hundred dollar model, and. 
uh, uh, no. And they're sold out? Well, yeah, they sold out in a couple of minutes, I think. And But, but I mean, they're going to have more. This is one that's going to have more. They're temporarily out of stock. They only had um, 200 available before Christmas. So they got them out before Christmas, and they went in an instant, and people got them up on eBay for two grand because people are always going to save money. But it's 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 for, it's a Forge World basically miniature. It's the same. It says same resin as a Forge World miniatures, and so okay. you're going to need you're going to need skills putting this thing together, right? But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it does look really good. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I just I'm. If I was going to spend that much, first of all, I'd probably get some. I'd probably just go to Forge World and pick up a couple of the uh, Creator Demons. Mm-hmm. Or hell, I mean, for that much money, I might buy a Titan just to have one because <laughs> they're so cool. But yeah, it's gorgeous. But that's yeah, that's it. I mean, Smaug is the new thing for that, and then like I said, Blood Angels are next week. Right. But damn, five hundred dollars for a model. Yikes! Okay, maybe I won't be getting that one. No, no, uh, I was I was all sorts of excited for it, and it's just yeah, not not happening, not mm. happening. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's it's been a busy year, 2014. There you go. Yeah, Brief rundown of what happened. It's funny. It's basically five books and only a few new models for for fantasy. Um, yeah, I, well, I think the emphasis has been on moving the story forward, you know, right. for reforging the narrative. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, let's, let's think about it. Um, we got Nagash. You got the 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 Mortarks, the Spirit Host, and the Morgastakai. I think that was only four models that were new. I think for um for the release. Of Nagash, and then you had uh, Glotkin, the um, the Maggot Rider, which was still one model, even though it made multiples. Sure. And the uh, a couple of characters, and that uh, the Blight Kings. So mm-hmm. that's about five new model kits. Nothing new for the new book. And then right. three new kits for dwarfs, and about five new kits for elves. So. What maybe fifteen twenty new kits over the course of the whole year and five books, roughly. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Huh? And and all that hubbub because man, right. they they shaking stuff up. I mean, there's people who are sitting around. I mean, you know, the, the sky apparently is falling for some people because they're you know every time I open up the internet, someone says that right. Well, yeah, there's ninth edition is going to be so different to the point where it's not you know. Some people are predicting it's not even going to be Warhammer anymore. They're going to call it something else and do something different. So, Interesting. All right. So you know what? Um, Why don't we – because we're running a little long. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at the time right now. Why don't we go over our top and bottom three and wrap this up? You want to do Uh, that? Okay. Uh, let's or see. you want to take a quick break and do it? It's up to you. Oh, we, we, could, we could do that. Uh, I actually did just my top three. I didn't do a, a bottom three. Oh, Okay. Um, well, then I'll skip my bottom three. Let's keep keep it positive. Yeah, let's keep it positive then. Um, why don't you go with your number three? We'll let you go first. Okay, my uh, number three, believe it or not, is going to be the Dwarf Army book. Really? Yeah. Because they're such an iconic, you know, I say a lot of stuff negative about them, but they are a central iconic race to the Warhammer mythos. The, you know, they're they're 
Be- and because of that, uh, them getting a new army book was huge. And they needed it, you know, to get them up to speed. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I mean, it, was- it has. And the, the, say what you will about the, the dwarf aesthetic in general as a race or whatever, those new models do look good between the copters and the new infantry. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the fire drakes. The, it, it is actually a good looking army. Yeah, the new I mean, I've like I said, I'm I've still playing with the same stupid unit of hammers and painting it, but mm-hmm. I'm not getting tired of it. They look nice. And they did they did need an update. And the update actually was pretty good from I mean, they they don't have to be a gun line anymore. They right. can move quickly, they can get up in your face. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that I loved was people completely kvetching. You know, first there was that they were constantly, you know, castling up. And now people are annoyed because people are taking uh, four gyros, and now they have actual chaff. So right. it's like, they steal these stupid gyros and then slow me down so that they can run up at me. It's like, really? Now you're complaining about that? Cause... Well, I think no matter what was written, you know, people are going to complain. And they're just a very hateable army. I don't know what they, it is about them. If they don't, like, hey, read the fluff in that book. Remember, they conquered the world. It took the world having an earthquake and crumbling around oh, them. Oh, yeah, take, yeah. Take Here we go them. again. Yada, yada, yada. You have to, you have to, you have to crack the whole planet. To dethrone a dwarf. That's how tough they are. That's what that's that's tough. Well, yeah. Well, so, that was then. This is now. Um, my number three was actually the improvement in Warhammer Visions. And although I still don't think it's a great magazine and it's very niche, the first couple of issues were terrible. Mm. I mean, they were just terrible. It was not. First of all, it wasn't what GW promoted it as, which was a huge problem. For months, they're telling you this is what we're going to do for two months. And then when you get it, it's nothing like what they said. Um, and the digital is, I mean, you had, you got to go with the digital because the paper one just, it doesn't work as well. Um, but in the last, like, after the first four, you could see after the third month there was changes. And then after about the seventh one, there was even bigger changes. And now if you're if you're not the type of person who wants to cruise the internet looking for pictures it's actually a really fun i, I look forward to looking through it and my the, the kids look through it like harrison likes to look at it morgan loves looking through it she's like wow that's so cool um i was actually at a family party and um we had someone who a, a, a friend of the family who didn't know i mean someone mentioned the podcast asked me how mm-hmm. it was going and they're like you okay. do what and they asked what it was and i i tried to explain what the models were I pulled out, I pulled up my iPad and showed them visions. I'm like, yeah, these are the models. They're like, oh, that's so cool. Uh, and well, the, yeah, it is a good, good looking publication. You mentioned yeah. your kids looking at it. That's probably, I would imagine, on some level, uh, closer to their target demographic in, t- in some respects. If if I was in high school right now, playing this game, I would love looking through that magazine. So, oh yeah, I, mean, I would too, because it just immerses you in the hobby, right? Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. So I, I I will give it to. Him. I'm not saying it's the greatest magazine out there, but the the amount of improvement is commendable. They didn't just bullhead through it and say, "No, this is what we're giving you." They obviously heard the criticism and they made adjustments, and it's a pretty decent thing now. Right. All right. So what's your number two? My number two, keeping it the same thing, is uh, uh, the Wood Elf book. You went with the Wood uh, Elf book. Yeah, not not because I thought it was particular, you know, an amazing book, but again. Uh, just updating uh, a, a book that has a, a small but very loyal following. Uh, it, it moves things forward in terms of the fluff. It changes the overall uh, atmosphere of the game. And now that you have this heavily ballistic skill shooting based army, 
that you kind of have to contend with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, for that for those reasons, that makes my number two. And uh, you know, the, the line of models that they released were actually quite good. I thought. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, okay, I was torn at number two. Um, I I couldn't decide whether to give it to the dwarf book or to give it just to the just to the the ridiculous uh, amount of him, just how. Every year, I seem to be saying it though. So uh, the just the amount of the improvement in the models, hmm. because I mean, like we were talking about it earlier, they're just they're all. I mean, even even the ones if you look at it, you don't like it that much. Like some people don't like the Glotkin one, mm-hmm. but you got to look. You got to give it just technically. It's an amazing thing. Um, but every year, I always pick like some sort of model to be my number one. So I did. I decided, even though I thought people would grow, and I gave it to the dwarf book. Um, for number two, yeah, okay. just the, the 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 story. Even if even though I was disappointed with the way some of the the actual way the army plays, um, with some of the things I lost, we did gain some really cool things. The dwarf have they have chaff and they have mobile chaff now, right? And um, just the story, the way that they turned that dwarf book into a, this story of hope. Yeah, that was actually a refreshing change. Yes. Um, so often this we're in decline, we're grumpy. The story of Thorgrim Grudgebearer turning around, having less grudges now than there were. I I I I, I love that about the book. So I gave it to the dwarf book for my number two. Interesting. Okay. And so what's uh, your number, number one? one for me was uh, Nagash. The book or the model? The book. Um. Yes, <laughs> the, the the book. It just in, in, again in terms of, of advancing the narrative, what he does for the game, uh, and the model itself. All impact, heavy impact variables. I gave it to Nagash as well. Oh, I was going to okay. give it to the end times in general, just because I was so proud of Games Workshop for moving the storyline. Mm-hmm. But that seemed cheap. To take to, uh, to take sixty percent over sixty percent of their releases for the year and say that's the best thing, right? Right. It just seemed too easy. You also have to be careful because with magic and stuff and some of the crazier things that we're seeing in Kane, right. that's a mixed bag. It is a mixed bag, but it's an interesting bag. At least they're keeping it fresh. And I just like I said, I'm talking more storyline, just the end times being sure. willing to move that story along and willing to take risks and throw things out there like that craziness with the magic and say, listen. Don't play it if you don't want, but story-wise, this is what's happening. This is what right. we're throwing out there. But I, uh, overall, Nagash was just so impressive as a release. Mm. Like, I don't think anyone was ready for what that was going to be. The I, I don't think so either. The, the, the dual book release that be, then became the norm for these end-time books, the models that were associated with it, and yes, and, and just the, the, the depth that they were creating this... And the tapestry out, that they're weaving in terms of the fluff. Yeah, with that 400-page Black Library book to go alongside it if you want to get even more detail in there. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy stupid. It's so good. Um, and the other thing that I loved about Nagash was once that came out, you started reading all that, you went, wait a minute. So the Underway supplement for the dwarfs, you can actually, that's part things that can be worked in. You could see that that was coming in. The mm-hmm. Not Blood in the Badlands, but the... Um, the Sigmar's blood, with uh, this, this, the book and that little that little expansion, the, the Empire versus VC 
Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That all tied into this. That was that was the stuff that that Manfred was doing, getting stuff ready. Like that uh, was, like the kind of the precursor yeah. events leading up to. Yeah. You know, and then you look back at all the books for the last two. I mean, when did the VC book come out? Like three years ago or two years mm-hmm. ago? Three, I think. Yeah, so about two years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever. Okay. Um, the fluff, just that little bit. Oh, Manfred stole the girl and got away with her, and mm. you know, and you're like, well, that's a. Remember when we were doing the review? We're like, that's an odd little bit of fluff. Right. That's yeah, an yeah, interesting yeah. thing. And they're like, where, where are they going with this? <laughs> and you don't see it. And then the dwarf book, uh, you know, the high elf book comes out, and the high elves are trying to save her, and she gets away, and they mention it again. You're like, oh, the dwarf book comes out. Hey, we tried to save her, and then Tyrion told us off, and we're like, you know. Mm. Not we're not going to put, and we were constantly talking about it, and then the Nagash book comes out and we're like, oh, damn, this has right, been yeah. like this, they've been planning stuff for years on us to mm. bring this story out, and that really just made me go, wow, that was awesome. So yeah, yeah, very very smart on GW's part. So it was very well very done. Cool so though that's my top three and your top three. Yep, and so. We'll leave the fact that there's no new Malekith models and no new Greater Demons. We'll, we're not no hate today. We're gonna yeah, no no hate. Give them the give them the praise that's due for what really came out to be a compelling set of books. No doubt. So, no doubt. All right, we've run way longer than we wanted to, so I think we should just kind of wrap it up here. How about you? That works for me. All right. So, um, all right, folks. Next next, next up will be uh, the Glocken review with Chris Honor. Yeah, with Chris Tomlin on and on or around Christmas time, correct? I will try to have it. Well, I'm going to be busy on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so I will try mm. to have it out right before that. Mm-hmm. But odds are likely <clears throat> that it's going to be right after Christmas, but before New Year's. Gotcha. So it'll be a late Christmas present, probably. Yeah, you know, I will try to get it an early Christmas present, but no promises because I Fair still got to get Danny to record that stuff with me. I've been working on all sorts of voices. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, the readings are going to be fun, I think. So, cool. folks, uh, oh, by the way, a couple people bought some shirts and hoodies and stuff. So thank you to people who bought oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I saw some of that on uh, Twitter. Some people are posting pics of that. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, showed the pics with your shirts. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So, um, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. We did get a few new iTunes reviews. We love it. It's always, it's always appreciated. So, but most... Importantly, join our forums. Um, our 2014 painting challenge is coming to an end. We're going to be doing a 2015 painting challenge. We're going to be changing the rules up a little bit. Nice. So that it's a little bit more involvement month to month. And we are considering doing, uh, adding in uh, terrain to the to the painting challenge. So we're, we're, we're working on a new challenge. So new, ne- next year, new and exciting for 2015 picking our spots and keeping it fresh yeah yeah so chris david let's talk to you next time right before christmas that sounds like a fine partner folks thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon take care guys you've been listening to garage hammer if you like the show we invite you to join the garage hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our facebook page garage hammer podcast you can also follow us on Twitter, follow David at Garage Hammer, and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through david at garagehammer.net, 
You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Against the damn microphone. <laughs> oh, <geez. Nice. laughs> oh, I think I'm bleeding.